1: Medicines. welcome to the Fortress of Potitude. I'm Dave Michaels. I'm Brian Beck. And we are the Cape Podcasters. And this is the show that, with a spoonful of Marvel, helps the medicine go down. We're Mary Poppins, y'all. We're Mary Poppins, y'all. Oh yeah. Is he cool? He's he's very cool. Hell yeah, he's cool. <laughs> Today, we are finally talking about Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 2 from yes. 2017. Written, directed by the James Gunn.
0: The James fucking Gunn.
1: Jimmy Finger Guns. Pow, pow. That's right. That's how he enters every room and left his marriage with Jenna Fisher. Just like that. (laughs) Whoopsie. (laughs) You've seen this thing before, right? How many times? Oh, really? so
0: many. Yeah, it's only my second. This is probably, actually, this is probably only like five or six. That's still a lot. Uh, Yeah. It's impressive for only being three years old. That's true. And I haven't watched it in like a year. Damn. All right. Uh, give me your quick thoughts. It's great. All right. I uh, After watching it this time, I think I might like
1: the original one more. But See, I'm a little split right now. There's a lot in this one that I like a lot more than the original. Yes. But then there's, there's other some things. things. I know that you had said that your favorite Guardians movie was whichever one you had just watched latest. Yes. And Has that changed?
0: Based on the fact that I just said I might like the other one better. Okay, it has. But maybe.
1: But then again, Damn maybe not. So- Look how committed you are maybe to Maybe not. Thing. I don't know. Maybe I like this one more. Maybe I,
0: don't. I don't know. Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 3 comes out 2021. That'll gonna be, be my favorite. favorite.
1: Without a doubt, it's going to be your favorite. <laughs> There's a lot in this movie to unpack. There's a ton in this movie. I'm I'm calling it now. Yeah. We had said in Phase 1 that Iron Man 2 is the secret workhorse. Secret workhorse, Was yes. there a
0: secret workhorse in Phase 2? Age of Ultron. Doesn't get enough credit for it, the amount of world yeah, building There's a lot in there. There's yeah. a whole lot
1: in there where you introduce all the, especially like Scarlet Witch right. and Quicksilver and doesn't that introduce- uh, Vision. It does introduce Vision. Does it introduce, no, it's Civil War it introduces Wakanda. Yes. With Black Panther and yes. Spidey Boy. This here, I don't even think it's the secret workhorse for phase three that we're living in still in what we're talking about. Yeah. I think this is actually the secret workhorse for phase four.
0: If it is, it's very secret. It's
1: very secret. It's very secret. <laughs> we're we're gonna get there. I'm excited to talk about it. This movie does
0: a lot of fun things. It does so many fun <laughs> things. Ah, you just want to get into it. I'm pretty excited to get into it. We begin as we always do in Missouri, Planet Earth, 1980. You would think that movies would stop beginning in Missouri at this point. You, I we mean, always
1: start there. What gives? Movies get pick original. A, please. Pick a different state, please. The tax credits there aren't even probably good for filming, right? Stop
0: it. Like, we know this was in Atlanta. Stop telling us it was Missouri. <laughs> Can't fool us. Also, these scenes were filmed in Missouri, so maybe not. <laughs> <laughs> what what, do you, what was your argument there, then? <laughs> I don't know. Most of the movie was filmed in Atlanta. Yeah. Because of, you know, studios. Exactly, of course. Because couldn't very well film in space on another planets. What? Yet. Ooh, give it time. Tom Cruise. He's working on it. <laughs> I'm going to be the first actor to act out in space. That, that's me. I wouldn't put it past him. Also, I wore that fat suit in that one movie, and that was hilarious. Oh, God.
1: <laughs> Tropic Thunder? <laughs> oh, my God. I want to talk about it one day
0: on Patreon. It's not coming up soon. But... No, nope, that's not a wink ding, but-
1: no, I very badly want to talk about yeah, that
0: movie. that'll be fun. Yeah. Okay. Meredith Quill, played by Laura Haddock, as in the last movie, but now she has hair. She's riding in a car, singing along to Brandy on the radio with Kurt fucking Russell. Yep whom she calls her spaceman. Aw, uh, how cute. Yeah. They go behind a Dairy Queen and run through the woods. You know what happens to the Dairy Queen behind the woods in Missouri. We
1: all do. It's how babies are made.
0: Oh, I was going to say- Famously. Kurt Russell shows you an alien plant, which is not a euphemism. No. It's an that's... actual <laughs> alien plant that he has planted behind the Dairy Queen. In the ground, in we the should ground. say. Yeah. It's not in his pants. He's not planting it anywhere else. Nope. It's uh, And he's like, one day, you'll be able to find these all over the universe.
1: <laughs> Can you imagine that? She's like, I thought you said- Plants. He's like, I said pants. I, I mean, open your ears here. Whoops. I seem to have
0: dropped my plants.
1: <laughs> Just got a bad stutter, bad spaceman stutter.
0: Yeah. That's really you know, it. When you're from your own planet, you, whoops, spoilers. <laughs> and then he kisses her, and then we cut to 34 years later, which is coincidentally the age difference between Kurt Russell and Laura Haddock. So that's fun.
1: Did you get that off of IMDb? I did. I hate you. It's not my actual <laughs> fact, though.
0: We'll get there. Oh, man. The Guardians of the Galaxy. Star-Lord, played by Chris Pratt. Gamora, played by Zoe Saldana. Drex, Dave Bautista, and Rocket, the voice and facial features of Bradley Cooper, or at least the facial maneuvers. Sure. And Baby Groot, voiced again by Vin Diesel. Of course. But now he's doing it higher. It's amazing, actually. It's it's (laughs) impressive. I noticed in the last movie he recorded it in six different languages. Right. 16 for this one. Oh, wow. Yeah, bigger check, I bet. Maybe. Probably. Hopefully. The studio <laughs> saved a ton of money by not hiring 16 other voice actors That's in other countries. Point. So They're all standing on a platform tasked by the Sovereign to protect the Anulax batteries, or the Harbulary batteries, or the MacGuffin batteries, whatever you want to call them. Sure. The Guardians ready their weapons as they're attacked by a giant interdimensional tentacle monster, and they spring into action except for Groot, who's jamming out to Mr. Blue Sky. On the stereo, right? That, that rocket setup. Because, rocket
1: wants to have the tunes playing as they do the battle, right? Because because yep. Quill loves music so much. This is such a fun opening credit scene. It
0: really is. I like that it's a proper opening credit. So you don't get yeah. that a lot in Marvel. No, you really don't. But the whole time it's happening, there's like action happening in the background that you can't really see. It's very out of focus. But oh yeah,
1: the little baby Gertz is having a dance party and by
0: herself. This, this is just James Gunn.
1: Dancing around. It's so around. much
0: fun. He did the recording for the baby groot dance at the end of Guardians. And then for this one, he was like, instead of doing it on an iPhone, we had like a whole studio with five cameras set up, and he's like, It's a much bigger deal. There you go. So yeah, baby Groots dancing around, having a grand old time until Drax falls on the speaker and, and stops the music. It's unfortunate. It is. But I like the music is happening in the world and it has like a purpose and it's just Right. Already a great touch. They do some fun things to make the music practical. Yeah. And I Practical really was the word I was looking it. for. Exactly. I, I figured that's what you were going for. <laughs> but. So the team realizes <laughs> they can't hurt the monster from the outside. So naturally, Drax is going to jump down its throat. And, you know, the skin is the same thickness from the inside. <laughs> so. I like how cool is like, What is he doing? <laughs> like, you can't, it's the same thickness. And Gamora's like, Yeah, I know. <laughs> So Star-Lord notices a cut on the monster's neck and orders Rocket to get him to look up, and then Gamora slices the monster all the way down the length of its body and kills it, and Drax falls out of the hole going, ah, oh, i done it, single-handedly. <laughs> it's great. It's
1: very fun. It's very Guardians. It really is, and it's one of those things of, I, I almost forget the dynamic between all these guys yeah. every single time I watch it, and- it's one of those, like, we really, really hate each other, but we really, really love each other also. Yeah. It's, it's like
0: great. It's like four socially awkward things and Gamora. Exactly. <laughs> very motherly Gamora. Yeah. <laughs> the Guardians bring the MacGuffin batteries back to the Sovereign and meet with their high priestess, Aisha, played by Elizabeth Debicki. Debicki. Yep. She's very tall. She's very tall. She's 6'3". They made her 6'7". S- somehow. They're like, platforms. Yeah. Did it. In exchange for the batteries, the Sovereign delivered Gamora's sister, Nebula, played by Karen Gillen, of course, to the Guardians so that they could take her to Xandar and collect the bounty for her. That right there is exposition. Oh, boy. That he just did. Is it? Aisha mentions in passing something about Star Lord's half human, half alien heritage. And he's like, We well, he certainly ain't from Missouri.
1: <laughs> and she's just like, I, I don't know what that is. What is, is. that? I don't... I don't know what that is.
0: You said Earth, and yeah, right. I'm pretty sure we all call it Terra. So I don't know. Yeah. What...
1: Uh, her direct quote is, I don't want to talk about Earth things.
0: <laughs> Love it. Hello from the Magic
1: Tavern this is extremely, extremely good. Is Rocket basically just Chunt?
0: <laughs> More or less. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Chunt's up with that. Oh, it's so good. What a great podcast. So good. I haven't listened to it in so long. When you're in Chicago and you get stuck behind a Burger
0: King. Right. That's when you end up in the magical land of the, Foon. The magical portal that brings you exactly. to Exactly, but if you're in but Missouri <laughs> behind a Dairy Queen. That's how... You find out- That's when, when Kurt, Kurt Russell, Russell drops, drops his plans. plans.
1: <laughs> exactly.
0: <laughs> uh, all sorts of fun things happening behind <laughs> fast food restaurants in various areas. Exactly.
1: It's kind of like in Connecticut here. If you go behind a pizzeria, you don't even want to know. We uh, <laughs> Is there anything higher than an, an, an E? Anything the, higher than an E? Yeah, for the podcast rating for expletive. That's what I thought E behind. is for everyone. What do we have?
0: Oh, oh, it's podcast. I thought you meant video games for a second. I don't no. know why. Um, I don't know. <laughs> e for explicit, and then, I don't know. Are there porn podcasts? Probably. Probably. It's the internet. That's got to be weird, though. I That right? Bet, right? Is, is it just like, uh, that's the whole <laughs> podcast? I bet
1: the Miracle would love it, though. <laughs> I really, really do. Uh. I bet she's just like, I'm going to go home and crank down. I'm not going to do the accent that she has. It's foreign accent. Well, the it's thing not, is, podcasts, not that it's a that anything else. <laughs> the foreign accent. Right, right. She's I, not from America. Right. That's, 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 that's exactly all meant. It. I meant. I don't do
0: Polish accents or whatever. I feel like an audio <laughs> medium wouldn't be great for the miracle. It would have to be Braille porn.
1: Now, what would that be like? Everything's just nipples. All the bumps are in the right places.
0: <laughs> <laughs> this has already gone off the rails. It has. I love it. But
1: when you think about Braille porn, there has to be something, obviously. Oh, definitely. It'd have to be like a Braille smut
0: book. Would it like, just be like- 50 Shades of Braille. Yeah. 50, <laughs> <laughs> 50 Shades of Braille. Or would they be like 3D pop-out images that are How would that anatomically work, correct? Like, all right, so my kid has a book
1: that's called If I Were a Puppy. And it's like, if I were a puppy, my ears would be velvety or whatever. And you feel the ears and yeah, it's yeah. velvety.
0: It's basically that, but it's like, if my penis were- <laughs> <laughs> And then would it like just like it stands up? Oh, like
1: a pop up book? Yeah, but For but sure. it's like a deeper book. It has to be like a tome. Oh, yeah. So that and it has like a loaded spring. Yeah, that good comes. luck hiding that. Under it's your really bed. just a dildo that stands up. <laughs> That's <laughs> with, really what with, it is. With
0: with braille around it, telling a story. Of course,
1: it's <laughs> the little dildo that could or whatever. <laughs> <laughs> I think I can. TM? Should we TM this? Yeah, I, I think do? we should. Okay, I think this is that was a close call. Bookmark Really it. close yeah.
0: call. File it with our our patent lawyer, and we'll get back (laughs) to that. We're going to
1: mail this podcast to ourselves and not open it.
0: Bam. Done. Like every podcast we do. Exactly. (laughs) (laughs) So the Guardians leave, but Rocket swipes some of those batteries for himself because he's Rocket. It's what he does. It is what he does. On their way to Xandar, the Guardians are suddenly met by a fleet of sovereign drones, all going after them for the stolen batteries.
1: I like these drones because it's very Ender's Game where they are remote. Yeah. And And, they all have Pac Man sound effects. Exactly. It's great. (laughs) But they're sitting in this giant war room and they're playing on like their arcade machines, if you will. Yeah. And these drones just going. And it's great whenever one of them gets killed and their screens just turn red.
0: Yeah. I like it. Aww. The drones start attacking, and Rocket and Star Lord fight for control of the Milano, both trying to prove that they're the superior pilot while flying through a quantum asteroid field towards a wormhole that will lead them to another planet. Quantum asteroid fields is pretty damn cool. It is. Because it's just
1: asteroids popping up out of nowhere and them having to navigate it. And, man, that's fun. What's
0: better? Whoever thought of that James Gunn is brilliant. Exactly. <laughs> Whatever James Gunn was able to come up with, he's a good James Gunn. He's just like, hey, I'm gonna James Gunn all over this asteroid field. Jimmy Finger Guns. Right. My Let's bad. Use his, his birth name. Jimmy but, fucking Finger Guns. I apologize. You're right. His the... proper, his real <laughs> birth name. All right. That's his Catholic name. Right. After he got... <laughs>
1: What is it? Confirmed? Is when you get the your other made up name? Yeah. Okay. <laughs> other made up name. Love it. That middle name is now Joseph. It's not. It's well, not. Okay.
0: <laughs> Do I have to amend my birth certificate? What is Right. Is my
1: vote going to count? <laughs> we should say we hope that everyone's listening in their post apocalyptic world. Yeah. We're recording this a day before the election. And I don't know. I don't know if we're still even here. <laughs>
0: right? Who knows Who has gone down in the last We could just be six days. yelling
1: into the, the ether here. Who knows?
0: Oh, what else is new? No. That's a good point, actually. <laughs> <laughs> in the distance, another craft passes by and starts to destroy the entire Sovereign fleet. There's a little man standing on top of it, and he waves at the Guardians. Yes, he does. And then they escape through the, through the wormhole, and all the drones are gone, and they crash on the planet of Bearheart.
1: Right. It's a very long, violent crash.
0: Yep. They're with, there. with Drax hanging out the back of the ship.
1: Right, because Drax, he like tethered himself on and he put like the spacesuit thing on, and then he was shooting out the back of the ship.
0: He's awesome. He's, he's so much fun. He's so much fun. As the Guardians observe the wreckage of their ship, the ship that saved them descends, and stepping out is Ego, played by Kurt Russell, who reveals himself to be Star Lord's father. And with him is his empath assistant, Mantis, played by Palm Clemen
1: Kurt Russell has a really cool look in this movie. He does. He has kind of one of those, like, post-apocalyptic looks, if you will, where everything just looks worn and used about him. Yeah. I really, really like it. He's like a really,
0: really old Star-Lord. I I guess so. But also, Kurt Russell. Right. Of course. (laughs) Meanwhile, on Contraxia, which is some sort of snowy prostitute planet- (laughs) (laughs) What? (laughs) Tell me it's not. All right, you're not wrong, but those things, those
1: words, should not be put together no, in that way. It
0: seems like a, a strange place to be. Like this is where we're going to put the prostitutes,
1: right? It's where it's one cold. of those like
0: you like juxtaposition. Watch out, you're on <laughs> come. Watch these words together. <laughs> Yondu, once again played by Michael Rooker, fucking Rooker, thank you. Oh, right, 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 right. And his team of Ravagers, they're just, they're just kind of hanging out on this prostitute planet. Of course, Howard the Duck is there too. He
1: is. Howard the Duck is very much prevalent in whatever universe James Gunn is playing in.
0: Yes. I like that he updated the look to look more like the the comics. Right. He's like, we're gonna go proper Howard this time. I like the line that Howard the Duck has. He says,
1: You're out of luck until you've gone duck. It's great. It's it's appropriate for the planet they're on. It is. It is. And then the girl he's chatting up goes, I can't open this bottle of wine. You got a corkscrew, and he goes, wink at the camera. <laughs> Oh, that doesn't happen. It should have happened. It should have happened. It shouldn't have you happened. You could have saved that's that for <laughs> a post credit.
0: <laughs> I could have. This movie has enough of them on its own. It's true. We'll get there. We'll get there. Yandu spots his old comrade, Stalker Ogard, Sylvester Stallone. If there was ever a time where the mistaken nickname I gave him, Sky Stallone, in that one movie, yeah. this is the movie for it because he's, yeah, he's uh, a spaceman. But you in still. The sky. You still.
1: This is the loudest fucking that ever should be. Sylvester fucking Stallone? Sky. Come on. Oh, Sky fucking Stallone.
0: <laughs> Not Sly, Sky. We got it. I can't believe he's back. I
1: can't believe it's the second time we've talked about him, but he is in the MCU. I don't remember what we talked
0: about him in last Demolition time. Demolition Man. Oh, of course. Duh. Come on. Duh. Phoenix! I black out your birthday episodes like you do mine. Well, you're foolish. Though. It is dumb because one of them was <laughs> Howard the Duck, and I loved that. So Yeah. All I've right, gone I, I, Howard
1: I the Duck and Demolition Man, and you've hit the world with two Power Rangers movies. Yeah, you're welcome. Drunk Nerdy Thursday. Is so, there a better combination? No. No, there's not. <laughs>
0: <laughs> we only have one more Power Rangers movie that we can use, so. Well, it's a shame that we all died last week Yeah, before well, this came out. Hopefully Ebert doesn't pick it before we get to my next birthday. Take it off the list. It's. I will not. Thank God. Then in that case, <laughs> <laughs> I've never hoped for it
1: to come up more so we can just get it over with. Like a Band-Aid. Fair. Even though it just got rebooted live action, god damn it. I don't want to talk about it. I don't want to talk about Power Rangers things. Okay, that's fair. Go. Go Go with the Guardians. So, so (laughs) Stilvester, yeah. (laughs)
0: Stilvester.
1: That would be invisible because he's not moving very much then if he's a Stilvester. Well, we don't know about that power set
0: yet because we haven't gotten to Infinity War. Fair enough. Got it. Yeah. Cannon, man. That's like an X-Men power. Oh, yeah. Convenient to the joke. Nailed it. Yep. So Sylvester Stallone, he is the one who exiled Yandu from the Ravagers for child trafficking, basically. Ravagers don't deal with kids. Or in kids. Yep. We don't deal in kids. No one should. Right? <laughs> it's, a, it's a solid stance to yep. have. End of movie. We did it. What a message. <laughs> Among the Ravagers is Taserface, played by Chris Sullivan of This Is Us fame. Of course. He's Toby. Right. And you wouldn't recognize him here because he's got face. Wouldn't recognize him anywhere. Never seen it. Never seen This Is Us. Well, I'm sorry. That's fine. He thinks the Ravagers need a new leader because Yondu's gone soft. Because he's like, hey, remember when I used to hang out with you guys? And, and they're like, go away. And, and, <laughs> wow. And Taserface, right. Taserface is like, he's gone soft. Yeah. When, L- look at
1: shot like the covered pretzel and you could just, you want to don't, not go near that guy ever again. Nice. We got to talk about mall rats too. It's on my list of Patreon things as well. Excellent. I do have December's movie picked out, though. Oh, well, yeah. That's fun. I can tell you it now if you want. Well, why not? It doesn't matter. The world's over. It's true. With we, the election last week. We might week. not get to it. It's, I can't believe it. It's a shame that we're not going to get to it. Yeah. Do you want me to say it? Yes, please. December Patreon. It's going to be Willy Wonka and the Chocolate Factory. Oh, yes. Yeah. That's exciting. I have so many things. We've gone on way too many Grandpa Joe rants to not do it. Warranted. That Warranted lazy Grandpa son of a Joe bitch.
0: Rants. What an ass. He
1: is an asshole. That man. And I want to dissect his asshole.
0: <laughs> okay. Well, that's an interesting take. It's an interesting
1: movie. I don't know when the last time you saw that movie straight through. Oh, it's been a long time. The cynicism in it. It is Oh. Oh my god. Oh, I can't wait. If then. you thought the chocolate river was flowing. Nope. <laughs> <laughs> it's
0: the cynicism. It is a fun movie. I can't wait. It's like a full movie of just Alfred. Exactly. I'm exactly. In. I'm in.
1: That's well, that's snarky. Ah, you know what? No, you're right. You're right. Next month, December, Willy Wonka and the Chocolate Factory. Stay tuned. I could say the Chocolate Factory. Chocolat. Then get Johnny Depp involved. We shouldn't.
0: No, never get Johnny Depp involved in that movie. He There's no reason. A, to. He
1: lost a libel case this week. I Saw that. <laughs> that said, like I'm not a wife beater, and everyone went, "You are, you are." The courts have. The court said that you're not
0: not a wife beater. the court has determined that that was a lie. Judge Mori out. So after Yandu finishes talking to Stakar, the Sovereign arrive, and Aisha approaches Yandu with a proposition.
1: I like how she's walking on this blue carpet that they're rolling <laughs> yes. out under her, and she's like shuffling her feet, trying to stay within the carpet. It's wonderful.
0: We cut to Star Lord, who's still in shock to finally be meeting his father. Yeah, it e- makes sense. Ego explains that he sent Yandu to pick him up after his mother died, and and he's like, "Why didn't he ever deliver you?" Star-Lord's like because I was small and and it could fit into small spaces and it's good for thieving.
1: I really like how if if someone random like Kurt Russell would say that he's my dad. Yeah. I'm happy that he gave like a bit of backstory on the Star-Lord side to kind of prove like, no, dude, I know who you are. Right. I know your story.
0: This is exactly what happened to you. This is how it played out. Makes me
1: as an audience member now believe
0: it. Yeah. Which is great. Yeah. Star-Lord doesn't understand though why Ego left Meredith in the first place. So ego invites him and his friends to his planet, where Quill is hesitant about going, and until Jamar sure. is like, "Hey, this is your dad. It's not David Hasselhoff. He's here. You can you can go." <laughs> right, because uh, Peter Quill did think that David
1: Hasselhoff was dead, or no, he told people David yes. Hasselhoff was dad, even though that we'll get there.
0: We'll <laughs> we, get there. We'll get there. <laughs> So Star-Lord, Gamora, and Drax go with Ego and Mantis while Rocket and Groot stay behind to fix the Milano. And Nebula. And keep an eye on Nebula. Right, because she's all... Because she's all prisoner. Handcuffed? Maybe. It's like they handcuffed her and then put her somewhere, and then the thing where they put her came undone, but she's still handcuffed. I don't know. Uh, Who knows? The whole thing is... She's a prisoner. She's a prisoner of (laughs) sorts, and they're going to leave the raccoon and and baby tree to watch her. Exactly, as you do. On Ego's ship... The three talk to Mantis, who shows off her powers by seeing into their minds. Well, not their minds, but their feelings, because she's an empath. She's an empath, not a telepath. She lets empath. everyone know that Peter Quill has romantic, sexual feelings for Gamora, which Drax finds hilarious. Dave Bautista oh, is he's on another having a blast. level in this movie. He's, he's having... having so much fun. Which is crazy, because when he first read the the script, he was like, I feel like Drax isn't doing anything in this movie. He's like this... He's so wrong! And then he's I guess so wrong. the first table read, he's like, oh shit. <laughs> okay. It's
1: funny because everybody has a major arc in this movie. Someone more than others will get there. But Drax <laughs> is, is kind of coming out of that weird social... Yeah. I, I don't want to call it an anxiety, but he's very... Stunted. Yes. Yeah. Where he can't really figure out how to talk to people and how to communicate, right. if you will. And here, he is just having so much fun and he's just call it how it is and he's so comfortable with these
0: people he could do it which is great it's phenomenal the ravagers come across the woods where the guardians crash landed because they've got a tracker on the milano sure and they walk directly into a bunch of traps laid out by rocket
1: right macaulay culkin rocket raccoon here oh yeah just having a home
0: alone moment in the woods he's having a great time woods alone all these bradley cooper exactly (laughs) great time with all these traps oh yeah and he's he's just Taken out Ravagers left and right until Yondu shows up with his Yaka arrow, you know, his sweet whistle weapon.
1: Oh, yeah. I love that weapon so so much. It's
0: such a cinematic
1: weapon. It really is. It's a very iconic weapon to me at this point because visually whenever it
0: does its thing. It leaves that trail of light. Oh, so good. So good. Yondu tells the captive rocket that instead of bringing them to the sovereigns like he was commissioned to do, he's just going to sell the MacGuffin batteries instead, even though they're only worth a quarter of the bounty. And now Taserface has had enough. He's done. And he calls out Yandu on going easy on Star-Lord and his team. And Kraglin, played by Sean Gunn. Sure, of course. Backs up Taserface, which is surprising because he's Yandu's right-hand man. Right. He's like, you know, I got to say something. And he says something. That's right. What a moment. And then all the, the, the Ravagers are, are drawing on each other. And Nebula, who has convinced Groot to let her free so she can rescue Rocket, she breaks the crest on Yandu's head. The fin. The fin that helps him, that he uses to control his Yaka arrow. Right. The wi- the, it's a whistle fin, pretty much. And uh, now he's basically defenseless. So she aligns herself with the Ravagers and they take Rocket, Groot, and Yandu prisoner. Easy enough. Seemed easy. <laughs> it took a while, but it, it seemed easy enough. Yeah. Ego brings everyone to the planet that literally lives through him. And Gamora finally asks him, Hey, what are you? So, remember
1: how I said I think this uh, this movie is the,
0: the secret everything yeah. moving forward? Yeah. This is it. I, I get it. As soon as I realized where we were in the movie, yes, I think you might be onto something here. Ego says, I'm a celestial,
1: sweetheart. Uh, uh-oh. And then it's never mentioned again. Yeah. We've seen one other
0: celestial so far.
1: It is the floating head nowhere. Nowhere. Is a, a floating celestial head. Right. Which makes me ask a lot of questions, actually. But we have Celestials in the MCU. We have. And they have been around in the MCU, and holy shit, how is
0: this not a bigger deal? That's a good question. As soon as they announced Eternals, people should have been like, Guardians 2. You should have been. As soon as Marvel got the rights back from Fox, they should have said,
1: holy shit, the X-Men can already, in theory, be in this universe, because the Celestials created the first mutants. Right. That, oh yeah. Everything that Ego has just said is a major crutch for the upcoming phase that we're about to get into. It's already been planted.
0: Like an alien seed on a distant planet. It dropped its plants. He's exactly. His, this movie dropped its plants in the MCU.
1: And I have more to say about this and the celestials and everything about that, and we're going to get there. Okay. Because I, I we're not done here. Right. Because the celestials are these giant beings yes. that have been around since the beginning of time. They've visited Earth, I think, four or five times at this point, or whatever it is, according to the comics. And they're more kind of playing around with humanity as like experiments and stuff. And that's how they ended up with the mutants and everything like that. This should be a huge deal. Yeah. With what Ego just said. Yeah. I mean, I have a personal theory that no one fucking reads any of the comic books that's a fan (laughs) of this stuff. And that's totally fine. It's not for everybody. But watching it
0: this time around, I heard Celestial. I paused the movie and went, what? It's funny that you say that because. (laughs) When he said celestial, I'm like, I don't think I ever noticed that that's the word he used there. Yeah,
1: that's a biggie. That's yeah. a, a not even a biggie. That's a ginormousy. Yeah. Like, it, it can't get any bigger really, than him saying celestial. It stuck out this
0: time when I watched it. I was like, oh.
1: Yeah, yeah. it's huge. It's very big. And we'll get there. We, we're here, and there's more to say about it, but it's farther down the road. We'll we, get there.
0: We will get there. Luckily, Eternals came out last weekend. Oh, no. Oh, no. COVID happened. Right. Eternals didn't come out last weekend. That's amazing to think about. Yeah, right now, we should have already seen Black Widow, Falcon and the Winter Soldier, and Eternals. Oops. This could have been one of those weird coincidental things that we talked about then. It could have been. (laughs) It's not. But but instead, it is not. Right. Celestials. Celestials. It's a thing. It's a big thing. Look into it if you want, or don't. No, you should. Maybe. Maybe uh subscribe to our patreon we might talk about the eternals at some point before the movie comes out
1: we absolutely will We're 100% a hundred percent gonna do promise that on the pull list and at this point house of m our episode on that is already out because yeah wanda vision's coming coming soon yeah that's gonna fill in some gaps possibly
0: in november even though it wasn't on their release trailer for i'm november. hearing december december uh, there's it's likely they said 2020 Yes, and the last thing they said about it. The good news December, is, is that they're, they're running out of
1: time on their promise, and that's okay because <laughs> That it's just streaming means we'll only. see it sooner. Exactly, yeah. Celestials, we're here. Celestials,
0: they're they're here. Their ego, get used to it. He explains to the three of them that he came up with a human form, complete with a penis, because Drax asks. He made sure to ask, and he traveled the galaxy, and he came to Earth, and he fell in love with Meredith, but then he had to return to his planet to recharge. Everybody knows Celestials got to go back to the brain spot to. Reheal yourselves. Of course. I don't know if that's a thing or not. I don't nope, think it is. It's not. And we'll get there. <laughs> Star-Lord continues to hold hostile feelings for Ego for leaving his mother to die. Right. And then Ego does a thing where he shows Star-Lord how to use his celestial powers. He shows him the light. He shows him the
1: light. And star Lord is able to manipulate this light, and Ego's like, hell yeah,
0: kid. Yeah. it's awesome. He's extremely excited about it. He's yeah. like, you did it, kid. Good for you. And- Star-Lord is like, yeah, I can make it into a ball and we can have a catch, dad. And then they do.
1: And that's what they do. And if your red flag isn't up at this point, I don't know what to tell you because that is so out of tone for this movie.
0: Yeah. Yep, 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 yep. (laughs) (laughs) On the Ravager ship, Taserface and the other Ravagers have taken to ejecting uh, the, the members of their clan that are still loyal to Yondu. That visual of the airlock as they get ejected out of it and
1: you just see them floating in space and there's a whole bunch of them. A whole bunch of them. Oh my God, that's powerful. Really
0: cool. Uh, Really well done visually. Yeah. You watch the one guy get tossed out and then it kind of just, it it pans back and you see just a bunch of them. It's amazing. It's really cool. Craglin is spared because, you know, he's one of the ones who initially turned on Yondu, so they're like, ah, he's team us now. Right. So he's (laughs) just kind of standing there watching in disbelief as all of his friends are killed. Yeah, as you do. You know. The tone of this movie is back to where it was.
1: Exactly. We've (laughs) arrived back. No one's playing catch anymore with their fucking daddies. Yeah, right. That shouldn't say, with their fucking fathers. There it is.
0: That's an important distinction. It is
1: important. Later. Apologize to all the daddies out there.
0: When Taserface boasts of his greatness and fearful name, Rocket just laughs and mocks him. As you should. Because Taserface. Taserface is a dumb name. Taserface is a dumb name and a dumb character, so much so that... When James Gunn was hired for the first Guardians movie, he put a picture of Taserface from the comics up on his Twitter and said, I will never adapt this character into a movie. <laughs> and then Guardians of the Galaxy 2 came out and he's like, well, I guess I could just use it to make fun of him. Done. And he Great. Did I like how James Gunn is using this to like air grievances about Marvel. <laughs> it's great. It's brilliant. Nebula suggests that the Ravagers turn in their cap- the remaining captives to the Sovereign and the Cree for the bounties on their heads. I want to talk really, really quickly about
1: Karen Gillan. Yeah, let's. Her American accent is insanely good. It's impressive. It stood out here because she actually has to talk a lot yeah. here And because she's trying to convince the the Ravagers to fall in line with her, I guess. She's really, really good. She's I think she good. goes very overlooked because she is kind of a, a character that you don't really want to follow around too much because she's just brooding all the time and right. angry right. and not terribly interesting for the most part. She has a lot going on underneath the surface that she will not let out, and that's not an interesting character.
0: Right. But the actress is killing it. She's absolutely crushing it. And I've I've loved her since she was Amy Pond on Doctor Who. Of
1: course, we all have. Because- Of course. Oh,
0: fantastic. Her and the, it's not even the new Jumanji. It's the, the
1: first one. I haven't seen the second one yet.
0: I haven't seen either of the new ones. Oh, God, they're so good. That's the, what well, the first hearing. one is extremely good. Yeah. I don't know what the second one. I've I, heard good yeah. things about the second one. so It's very exciting then. Or third. I or fourth what... if you count Zathura. Zathura is very, very good. Yeah. I actually like that quite a bit. I haven't seen that either. It's a Favreau. Oh. I'm pretty sure. Well, in that case. Fair enough. (laughs) (laughs) It just seemed appropriate. Yeah.
1: He hasn't been talked about in quite some time, actually. Like the proper John Favreau. Right. The human being. The
0: actual man himself, not not the salute. Right. The heavy-handed salute. Kraglin gives Nebula a new hand and brings her a ship that she intends to use to hunt down Gamora and eventually Thanos. Because he was, he was bad to her. Yeah, he was no, a bad dad. Bad, bad daddy. Bad daddy. On Ego's planet, Mantis and Drax start to form a bond. And Drax tells Mantis that he finds her hideous. That's a good thing. Because when you're ugly, you know people love you for who you really are. <laughs> and that beautiful people never know who they can trust. That's, that's real. That's a logic. beautiful person, yeah. I could tell you. It's very, you, you very never know. true. Mantis says that she needs to tell Drax something. Very important. But then Gamora interrupts things. And Mantis is like, I'm going to shut up now and take you guys to your rooms. Right. I don't know why it's all of a sudden not important for her to tell, but it is not important. Maybe she just wants to tell Drax because Gamora is kind of a bummer right now. She's constantly a bummer. She's very suspicious about the whole thing that's happening, even though she was the one who was like, you should go.
1: It's a weird kind of touch for her character.
0: I'll give you that. She's very motherly to all these characters, though. I feel like she thinks she has to be because none of them are all too bright. You're not wrong. <laughs> you're
1: not wrong at all. You have Peter Quill, who, when alien tall lady, Aisha, looked into his soul and said, like, hey, you're half and half, and you're also reckless as all shit. Yeah, that's like, definitely the human half. Right, because that's definitely something in your genealogy is recklessness. Recklessness. <laughs> yeah, it's right next to um, eye color. Right, yeah. as we all know. You have Rocket, who has so many issues, and we're about to get into them big yeah. time. You got Drax, who is- kind of overcome his issues so far at this point. Kind of. And Groot, who is a baby Groot. He's a baby Groot. And he's adorable, and I love him so, so much. So cute. I just want to hold him and snuggle him. And and protect him. And he's the best. He's my favorite. I love him so much. He's wonderful. So Gamora does have this motherly appeal to her. Yeah. And Peter Quill is an edible complex. <laughs> yeah, that, but it, his... Yeah. It can't be denied. His mom wasn't green. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, all I'm going to say is I don't know what the cancer did. You kinda
0: do though, because you see her at the beginning yeah, of this movie. Fair. It could have just been good lighting. <laughs> could have been. <laughs> the Ravagers throw Rocket and Yondu into a cell and they take root for their entertainment. They're like, he's our mascot. And they all stand around him and chant mascot sure. and over and over and pour beer on him. Philadelphia. That's what they do to the Philly Fanatic all the time. Yeah. Oh wow. Look at that. It's like yeah. some little kid just showed up to the Ravager party. Wearing the wrong colors. Exactly. At the baseball game. It's kinda so, like Wedding Crasher.
1: Make me a bicycle clown. Make like me like that a bicycle, type of bicycle. But Philadelphia style. Right. Pouring beer all over something adorable. Oh,
0: I was gonna say like like a, a balloon animal, but covered in in cheese whiz.
1: Of course. You're right.
0: Philadelphia style. Apologies to Pats and Genos. You don't have to apologize to Genos. You're probably right. <laughs> Actually. I'm a Pats
1: guy. I will never hide it. Yeah, same. That was a great discussion. I'm so happy we had it. We we
0: (laughs) covered it. Yandu mentions that he was a. What are are you hiding with the lights, Gino? Why do you need to have all those lights? Mostly racism. Uh, Got it. All right. (laughs) Got it. I got it. All right. Neon lights. They they (laughs) hide racism, I guess. I don't know. They distract. That's neon lights (laughs) distract. Yandu mentions how he used to be a Cree battle slave before Sylvester Stallone pulled him out and made him a ravager. When Rocket asks about why Yandu kept Star-Lord around, he's like, oh, because he's small enough to fit in small spaces. Others couldn't. It's better for thieving. And that's why he didn't deliver him to Ego. That's
1: exactly what Peter Quill said earlier. I Which love is that.
0: brilliant. It's such a good touch. You're like, see, yeah, see, that's the only reason that he wouldn't have been delivered. Absolutely. There's definitely no other reason. So the two of them decide they're going to work together and break out of there. And they get Groot to come by, and, and Yandu's like, you got to go get the prototype Finn. From my head, so I can control my arrow. <laughs> right. And then Groot brings a bunch of wrong things. It's an extremely long scene of Groot bringing wrong things, yeah.
1: but he's adorable and I don't care. He's
0: adorable can. and I forgive it 100%. Exactly. Eventually, Kraglin brings Yandu the fin and, and helps him and Rocket get out. I like how this turned into kind of like a buddy comedy thing. Got a point. Yeah. With Yandu and Rocket. And it's going to stay a buddy comedy. For sure it is. So now that Yandu has control of his Yaka arrow again, he sends it through Every mutinous ravager? This is my favorite scene in this
1: movie, where it's you have so them good. walking in slow motion kind of just throughout this ship, yes. if you will, and Yandu's just... <laughs> and just just whistling his ass whistling off. Whistling his ass off, stabbing all these guys. And the arrow's going through everyone, everyone's dropping, yeah. and they keep the scene fresh by even killing the lights in some parts and having the arrow illuminate the characters as so it goes through. Good. It's such a great so good. directorial Visually touch from James Gunn amazing. of keeping this interesting while showing the carnage. And here you have the reverse because now you have all these bodies falling yep. in, in slow motion after Yandu has gone through their chest areas with this yaka arrow or whatever
0: Glowing red yaka whistle arrow. Oh God,
1: it's so good. Brilliant.
0: And it's juxtaposed by the song that you would never expect to be in an action sequence like this, but they're doing uh, Come a Little Bit Closer. They are. Which, just so well done. We're going to get to the music a little later. Are we ever. This movie is very different in terms of music. And it's not a
1: bad thing. It's just a very different thing.
0: Yes. Yeah, we'll get there. We'll get there. I have we'll a lot there. to say about the music. Fantastic.
1: A lot of we'll get theirs.
0: Yeah. I feel like we've said it more often in this yeah. episode than we have in a while. It's a fun discussion. I like this.
1: Yeah. I like knowing that you like Pats. It, it makes me happy. It's important.
0: Yeah. And I don't even think that the, the conversation has to end with Pats and Genos, but it of, the, have the of the two. There. It, exactly. Pats. Of superior. course. Sure. Yanju, Rocket, and Groot are on an escape ship with Kraglin, and Yandu sets the whole ship to blow up. Taserface manages to notify the sovereign to Yandu's whereabouts before he goes down with the ship, and even the sovereign messenger is like <laughs> laughing at his name. It's, great. it's not even the
1: messenger; that's Aisha.
0: It, was it? Yeah. I got the impression that it was a
1: messenger. I'm almost positive it's Aisha because I thought it was a weird break of character
0: when I watched it. Yeah, I it's don't... hard to tell with all their gold faces. Yeah, because they're all—they are all just Jim Halpert golden face. Yeah,
1: yeah. Uh, we're not Genos. We're not racist. Not all gold (laughs) people look alike, but
0: (laughs) I thought it was Aisha. I didn't think it was. Okay. So point of contention, I I guess. I will gladly watch this again. Me too. (laughs) So the four of them that are on their ship, they make 700 wormhole jumps to get to Ego's planet.
1: They said that four four. is considered a lot. lot. And 700, it's going to do some fucky things with you. It's going to do some interesting things with the faces. Most of the face area. <laughs> this is Bruce Campbell. I just dove into the wrong Necronomicon. Absolutely, type it is. faces because eyes are bulging here. It's a lot like if a cartoon character just saw like underwear or something on a girl. Exactly,
0: Huga. One of those. Yeah, it's like
1: they look insane. Kraglin, Yandu, Rocket, all look fucking and demented.
0: baby Groot. Right, and th- more of baby Groot because you can see his entire body. It's true. It's great. Ah, uh, it's insane. It's like they brought in Schumacher for this scene. He's like, remember, this is a cartoon. (laughs) Right. One of the jumps, they pass uh, Stan Lee, and he's in a big old space outfit, you know, space suit. Yeah. And he's talking to the Watchers. Yeah, he is. (laughs) About a time when he was a FedEx man, and he probably called Tony Stark Tony Stank or something, even though that happens two years after this movie. (laughs) Correct. Timeline-wise. Timeline-wise, yes. But time doesn't matter. Time doesn't matter anymore. I'm going to ask you, uh, Brian. I'm going to tell you to wait to ask me. Because of? Because we're not done with this Stan.
1: Because of post-credits. Yep. So let me, I'm going to take the temperature of this snap. Yeah. Where are you right now?
0: Oh, I, I like this Stan. I like him because I, I like what he does story-wise. And frankly, I don't think it matters what I think. But we'll get there.
1: Okay. As of now, this is a very living Stan. He's not getting snapped. No, he is not. And I need to think about if he will in the future. I will remind
0: not. you that you did snap him in Civil War, though. Which one was he in Civil War? He was the FedEx delivery guy well, who called Tony snapped. Stark Tony Stark. But this is the same guy. In theory. In theory. <laughs> <laughs> this one, still, he's still kicking. All right. I don't know that we get to <laughs> revisit and change our mind, but- We'll see. We'll this see. Is mul- this is a multiple stand. Multiple. It's still the same stand, though. It's a, a He's safe for now. Right, exactly. But Thanos hasn't snapped yet. Back on Ego's planet, Star-Lord tries to woo Gamora with his dance moves because Drax told him that she's not a dancer, and he's like, damn it, I'm going to make her dance. Yeah. But she seems to want to keep their unspoken thing an unspoken thing. I really like how he says a Sam and Diane... Cheers
1: style and I like how this conversation goes and she just snaps like I don't know what Cheers is. (laughs) That would be a bad show and it would get bad ratings. I really appreciate that reaction from her of like stop talking about Earth things. I don't don't know what you're talking about.
0: It's very good. It's so good. She also still feels really uneasy about the place and she's having second thoughts about convincing Peter to go through with this. Right. Eventually she leaves and she sits in a field somewhere and she's you know, destroying plants with her sword. <laughs> <laughs>
1: right. Her character is very weird in
0: this movie. Very interesting.
1: It's the I'm gonna push you to take the next step, but also I'm gonna be reluctant once we Once do we get the next there. Step, yeah.
0: Which is just odd. It's she's odd. the one who doesn't move in this movie character-wise. She does though. But it's not related to the core unit. You're right.
1: That is important. I'll, yeah. You know what?
0: I'll give you that. So
1: uh it's Speaking of which Oh you're right. You're right. You're right. Speaking of which right. while
0: she's sitting in this field Nebula shows up and goes full north by northwest on her. <laughs> That's completely correct. Just shooting her from the sky in this ship, and it's it's great. And she crash lands and Gamora picks up a comically large gun and fires it at her and
1: Now here's the thing when you say comically large,
0: yeah. I imagine
1: like a revolver that's just, you have to hold with two hands. (laughs) Oh, oh no. No, this is like a giant (laughs) mech thing that you have to put over your shoulder. Yeah. And I don't even know if there's a trigger or not. I'm not even totally sure about that. That's a good question because it fell off his fucking ship, Brian. It's a spaceship (laughs) like
0: rocket, laser rocket.
1: Oh, no. Oh, no, no, no. She does hotwire it. We do see her. That's right. We see her hotwire it. With her, with her painted nails. I don't know why, but that's like a Robert Rodriguez thing. Like that's what I'm thinking of in my head of like a Planet Terror or whatever it is. Oh yeah,
0: Kurt Russell was in the other one of the oh, Grindhouses. That's right. The uh, we found a connection. Submit an actual IMDb fact. You should do it. What was it? I don't remember what the other one was. Planet it Terror. Good. It was Planet Terror, and it
1: was the Kurt Russell one where he's the angry man on the road. Oh my god,
0: I'm blanking on it. Also, I've Googled it. It's Death Proof. Death Proof. Right. I remember. I always think of of Bruce Willis Unbreakable because it's a similar name. Fair enough. <laughs> and I never, I never make the jump of why I'm thinking of Bruce Willis though. So it's it's not a good memory. Seven hundred jumps, man. Shouldn't do it. Right. You got to stick to four. Exactly. Five. That's the safe spot. Somehow Nebula like falls and Gamora has to save her. Yeah. After trying to kill her, and yeah. she does. She saves her. But then Nebula immediately starts fighting her again, and she's like, seriously? <laughs> <laughs> I like that. That is a direct quote of like, are you fucking kidding me? Yeah, like, <laughs> come on. I literally just rescued you. And then Nebula manages to overpower her, and she's like, ha, I'm victorious finally. Right, and this is a big deal because uh, we, we find out that Thanos
1: used to pit Nebula and Gamora against each other to fight, Yeah. and Gamora would always win, and as a punishment to Nebula, Thanos would replace part of her, with
0: some kind of cybernetic enhancement. Exactly. Because he wanted them to be level. Exactly, to make her better.
1: And Nebula finally got her win. Yeah. And that's a major step for her. It's big for her. Man, I wish she was a a major character in this universe so far, and not just a weird side character who we're focusing on quite a bit right now. Yeah. But uh, I don't know. Right. These two
0: are kind of the weird ones that it doesn't land with me. Okay. Because it seems like a side quest. It does. Oh, 100% it seems like a side quest. It's like they're like, all right, we have to plant some seeds about why these two are going to turn on Thanos. Right.
1: It's really our end game of why we should <laughs> figure out what's going on here for, for now. Yeah. We could
0: start making those jokes. We can. We're only seven movies away. Right. Six. I don't know. I didn't do the math. Nebula reveals that she never really wanted to prove she was better than Gamora. She just wanted to have a sister.
1: I don't buy that. I don't buy that at all. I don't know. No, I, no, I do a little bit. right. I it do. It doesn't a little seem bit. right. She she would compete in order to win Thanos' affection. It wasn't about having a sister. It's never been about having a sister. I don't
0: buy that. I don't think. I don't know that it was for Thanos' affection. I think it was survival. Like even Gamora says. Like Gamora says. Gamora it was, says survival. It was survival. Nebula has
1: never said that.
0: Well, that's because she was the one losing. Yes, and I think she was fighting for Thanos' affection. I don't know. Maybe this is something we need to keep an eye on. Maybe. Because I feel like she was also fighting for survival, but she was fighting against the deadliest woman in the, ga- in the galaxy or it's universe or whatever they a very call her. good nickname to have. Yeah. So the two of them form kind of a brief sort of alliance because they come across a cavern filled with hundreds of skeletons. Not what you want to find in caverns. No. Generally, when you're in a cavern, you're like maybe some stalactites, stalagmites. I don't know which are which. It never will. But It's a mystery to us stalactites all. Stalactites come from the ceiling. Stalagmites come from the ground. Ah, uh, well, debatable. Uh, it's debatable. <laughs> Is it? Yeah, it's like magnets. Really? How do they what work? What do you think about it? Yeah. All right. That's fair. So they're kind of like, hey, we're sisters now because this is spooky. <laughs> right. Star-Lord and Ego are continuing to bond after their, their game of catch. Sure. I forgot they were in this movie. And Ego tells Star-Lord that as long as there's light in the planet, he'll retain his powers and have immortality. Right. Here we fucking go, movie. Here we go. <laughs> Mantis sees that Ego has Star Lord wrapped around his finger. And now that she knows that he has powers, she's like, I gotta go wake up Drax. Right.
1: The thing I needed to tell him earlier now is more important than ever. Shit just
0: got real. I like when she wakes up Drax.
1: <laughs> yes. And Drax goes, I'm I'm not interested. I like women with meat on their bones.
0: I like that. She's like, I'm not interested in you. I'm not interested in whatever it is that you are. <laughs> he's like, hey, there's no need to get personal. <laughs> Right after he was oh, like, God. the thought of being intimate with you makes God, me sick. So good,
1: Dave Bautista is so good in this He's movie. He's amazing. Better actor than he was a wrestler. Done. Yeah, it's out there. It's done. People have said it. I heard it. I okay. wish people would hear this episode. It's a shame that our world ended last. It week. is a
0: shame that the entire world ended. I can't believe it.
1: I hope that somebody has a Walkman that has podcasts on it, oh, like yeah. Fallout
0: Four style or whatever. Classic. Podcast yeah. Walkman. Yeah, and they're walking across the- Made by Microsoft. Of course. <laughs>
1: <laughs> we'll get there. They're walking across their their hellscape
0: after this election, and they're listening to us, and they're just having a smile about the old times. Yeah, and they're like, oh, I remember Marvel movies. Thanks, Pip-Boy. <laughs> <laughs> it's a shame. It's a shame the world at end. You're lucky that this is the most accurate retelling of the, of the movies. You're right, because- This is what we have now. Everybody knows that the Blu-rays were the first thing to burn up. We and, all know that. the apocalyptic hellfires. I couldn't believe it either. <laughs> <laughs> Rocket, group, Yondo, and Kraglin make it to Ego's planet. Rocket starts to gloat that he wants to save Star-Lord just to prove that he's better than him and he can hang it over his head. And Yondo's like, cut the shit, raccoon. I know who you are because you're me. And he's like, you're just scared and you're putting on a tough guy thing as a facade. You didn't need those batteries. No. Yeah. Uh,
1: Yandu's daddying everyone.
0: Yandu is daddying hard right now. Yeah, he is. It's like a Bruce Willis movie. He's like, dad hard. This is Yandu taking
1: Rocket to McDonald's after they stopped <laughs> serving breakfast and him putting up a stink.
0: Yeah. For sure. Oh, yeah. He's a big daddy. Without a doubt. This is Yandu dressing up as a scuba man and walking around to try to <laughs> cheer up Rocket Raccoon. That's right. He left his toll booth and now he's daddying everywhere. Yeah. It's going to bring him to Hooters. Rocket's like, I wipe my own ass. That's right. It's all there. Watch the movie again. Watch it again. Deleted scenes, mostly, because for time. Right. It's a two hour, 60 minute movie yeah.
1: the- for time. We don't have all day, and James
0: Gunn knows that. Yeah. All of the Hooters scenes and Frankenstein scenes all got put on the cutting room floor, along with Glenn Close and her Nova Prime scenes.
1: Well, uh, of course. They don't call her that in this movie. They call her
0: Hip Hop Anonymous. Hip Hop? <laughs> Hip Hop Anonymous? You gave him all the easy one! <laughs> <laughs> and Rocket's like, yeah, yeah, you're right. So they, they set off to take on Ego. Ego puts Star-Lord into some sort of trance, and he explains to him that he wants to make what he calls the expansion. Right.
1: Really, when Ego realizes he has Peter on the, on the hook, if yeah. you will, he like taps his forehead, and his eyes go all starry and glassy and whatnot. The light. Exactly. And this is when he talks about the-
0: Yeah, he's like, I went around the galaxy to thousands of other worlds to plant these, to to drop my plants. (laughs) Right. And grow my power over the galaxy and cover the planets in an extension of myself. Correct.
1: And And his whole plan is that he's going to take over the
0: entire universe by dropping his plants. Exactly. Meanwhile, while he's on all these worlds, he's dropping his pants. Correct. And impregnating women of all these different worlds so he can produce children hoping that Eventually, one of them will have the Celestial Gene, and Yandu is delivering them to him. Correct. And when Yandu recognizes that- What's
1: happening to all these e- children- What Ego's doing to these kids, he says, no.
0: No. I'm not delivering this one. I'm not bringing you any more kids. And then he ends up keeping one. Correct. And that accounts for the bones, of course, that Gamora and Nebula have found in the cavern. Star-Lord just so happens to hold the power that Ego has been looking for this whole time. So Ego reveals that he put the tumor that killed Meredith into her head so that he wouldn't feel the pain of being apart from her. <laughs> Whoa, and, weird. Um, weird.
1: move there.
0: That uh, is, like, maybe just keep that part to yourself. Because, yeah. the Star-Lord immediately snaps out of his trance and begins unloading his guns on Ego in a fury of just...
1: Yeah, and Ego gets blown away, sort of. Sort of. Because kind himself. of immediately regrows himself. Yeah, it's not hard for him to do. So... I don't even want to talk about Star-Lord yet. I'm not, I'm not ready to yet. We'll get there. Okay. It's coming, and we'll get it's there. It's coming very soon. But, man, does this actually pack more of a punch than I think it needs to. This is huge.
0: Yeah. Yeah. It also speaks a lot to the character and thinks he might do in the future about his emotions. and.
1: You're definitely following along, <laughs> but
0: I have a reasoning why I
1: think all this is happening. Okay. And we'll get there.
0: In response, Ego takes Star-Lord and uses him as a battery, quote-unquote, to start terraforming the many planets across the universe. Right, he takes his, uh, like a, a light tentacle and puts it
1: through Star-Lord. Yeah. Now he's just all floating. And so Maybe
0: I'll just use yeah. you as a battery for a thousand years until you come around. Can you imagine like the Energizer bunny at that point going like,
1: a thousand fucking years? Yeah, that's- That's so long. Bang, 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 bang. Starts playing <laughs> his drums, going like, oh, count it down. Fine. That's fine. Let's
0: go. This yeah. is
1: Bull 1,000. Here I am <laughs> playing my drum. <laughs> <laughs> That's
0: so long. That's a long time, especially when you've only been alive for 34. It's like 34 down, forever to go. I guess at that, what's 1,000 <laughs> at that point? To top it off, Ego Crush is Star-Lord's Walkman and the awesome mix Volume 2 that his mother left him. Yeah. Dave, I got an actual IMDb trivia fact oh, for Oh, no. Here? Right here, right here. now.
1: I have one of the most emotional points in this movie. You yeah, have an yeah. actual- I'm going to at... rip you out of it. Uh, all right,
0: go ahead. The film's subtitle is a nod to Star-Lord's Awesome oh, Mixtape on. Volume 1 tape from Guardians of the Galaxy. Okay. Yeah, because there's a volume two. It's good that someone took time in their life- And that's, that is an actual IMDb trivia fact. It? Yeah. That's good. Do you feel like I you learned know? something? Uh, good. Yep.
1: <laughs> it makes me wish dogs would lay eggs.
0: <laughs> Rocket, Groot, and Yondu meet up with Gamora, Drax, Nebula, and Mantis because there's a thousand people in this movie. Yep, and they gear up to stop Ego. Unfortunately, they're also met by a fleet of Sovereign, again, <laughs> who are there to just kill all of them. Yep, that's their plan. Star Lord fights Ego's human form, but the entire planet fights back because well, he recognizes that he has the light and he can actually fight against yeah, Ego at this point. He can, he can fight him, not well, but he can. Mantis is able to put Ego to sleep, right? Because that's what she does. While she the Guardians take puts care her of her hand on the planet, and, it's so funny because yeah. like Drax is like, "You don't have to believe in yourself because I believe in you." And then Mantis does it. He's like, "I never thought she could do
1: it. She's so small and scrawny." God, I love Drax so much in this movie. I like that he's he's learned how to lie. It's very important. It's interesting for his character. Yeah, I wouldn't even say important. I would just
0: say it's fun. It's fun. Because yeah. he
1: doesn't really grow
0: Because in the first movie, he doesn't even understand metaphors. Correct. And now he's like, I can clearly see you winking. <laughs> <laughs> right. Rocket builds a bomb using the MacGuffin batteries. He sure does. Because, goddammit, James Gunn knows how to write. He sure does. He, he takes the thing from the first scene of the movie that you don't think is important because it shouldn't be, and it becomes a focal point for the entire movie that you always forget is there until Correct. it's time for them to show up again. Unfortunately, only Groot is small enough to access the core of Ego's planet. The problem with Groot is he's got a baby brain. He's got a baby brain. Rocket tries to explain to Groot which button to press, but Groot doesn't get it. Nope. He's like, this one. He,
1: Groot, I am Groot. So what he says is that you got to flick of these two switches and then push this button. And if you push the button next to it, it's gonna blow up instantly. We all die. We all die. To which there's a very long comical moment of Groot saying, "I push this one. I push," it, but he doesn't say that. Right. Obviously, That's I'm good. translating for let Groot. Let me get
0: some. Let me get some tape.
1: Well, I like how they ask Starlog, hey, you got any tape? And then you hear him flying around (laughs) asking everybody if they have any tape. And it's very funny. It's so good. And it comes back and he goes, oh, I don't know. No one has tape. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Fine. It's a long joke that works.
0: I feel like somehow James Gunn has found the way for Groot jokes to last as long as he wants them to. It's
1: very good. James Gunn has his finger on the pulse of the audience and I think that's yes. important to
0: note. Yes.
1: He understands as the audience what will work what won't. And there are some really weird jokes in there. There's one earlier on about how Nebula keeps trying to grab this fruit and they said it's not ripe It's, yet. Not, it's ripe not ripe yet. Yeah. And it doesn't it's not even funny at no. all. No. And yet they still do a rule of 3 with it with the comedy and how she bites it at the end and she goes it's not ripe yet. It's like it's a stupid <laughs> it's, joke.
0: It's so dumb but it it pays off. But and it pays it off.
1: Be, and it, it, it's one of those things of like James Gunn understands how to write and how to make yeah. films. It and shouldn't work. It shouldn't work, it and it does. does. That kind of is the. That's kind of the entire Guardians of the Galaxy of franchise. This director, even. it's He's got his fingers all over this thing. It's oh, yeah. great.
0: Groot eventually runs off with the bomb while Rocket and Star Lord are fighting about who would be most likely to have tape.
1: <laughs> right. And Rocket says, oh, we're doomed. All right, fine. Oh, boy. After
0: Groot couldn't figure out what button to use, fine. Mantis gets knocked out by a fireball. Yep. And Drax is like, look out, Mantis. <laughs> After answer, After it's so answer. good. It's so good. It breaks her hold of Ego, and he reawakens. As the others try to get to Kraglin and the ship, Ego begins to crush everybody one by one and also kind of throws Nebula and Gamora off a cliff Yep. inside him. Yep. What? Uh, yep. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> Yandu tells Star-Lord that the key to controlling his powers isn't to use his mind, it's his heart. That's how he right. controls the Yaka arrow. He controls
1: arrow. the arrow. He doesn't think of his mind as he's getting crushed underneath all
0: this stuff. Boy, it's not, it's not your mind. It's your heart. At some point during all this happening, Rocket does manage to blow up everybody, all the Sovereign, <laughs> by just right. attaching lasers to one, uh, all over the ship, and then yeah. sending it spinning in a circle. And sure, sure. Taking them all out. It's, it's what you do.
1: Uh, we should say that uh, before Yondu like, when they were on the, the first ship, if you will, when it got blown up? Yeah. With the Star Lord on it? That happened yet?
0: Yeah, yeah, that should have happened. Yes. Okay.
1: <laughs> how, how the uh, Yandu saves Star Lord by they float down, and Yandu's got the Yaka arrow as he's floating down. And this is the part where Peter Quill makes the joke, like, You look like Mary Poppins. Is he cool? He's cool as hell. And I really like that moment quite a bit. Yeah. It's the first time he's looking at him
0: like Star Lord's right. making fun of him. And All he's right. he's like. No, you know what? This guy just saved my ass. Yeah. I'm Mary Poppins, y'all! Mary Poppins is cool as shit. It's
1: awesome. (laughs) I really love that. I'm sure Michael Rooker is going to live with that for the rest of his life if people are yelling at his
0: Mary Poppins. Forever and ever, he will be Mary Poppins. He's like, I've been in
1: other stuff. I promise you. I ate a uh, shit-covered pretzel.
0: I seen it. (laughs) (laughs) So, yeah, Yandu tells Star Lord the key to controlling his powers is to use his mind, not his, or to use his heart, not his mind. And then Star Lord, like, oh, duh, and breaks free <laughs> immediately. Again. And uh, he starts fighting his father using his celestial powers, taking on all sorts of crazy forms.
1: The forms that he takes are, well, it's really that, just Pac Man. It's just Pac Man. It's just Pac Man. Yeah. Yeah.
0: No. He did say earlier in the movie he's going to make some weird shit. He said he's going to make Pac Man. He's going to make. Was it
1: Farrah Fawcett, maybe? Heather a, Locklear. That's the one. I confuse those two. I'm not the, I'm not them blind. Going to make some weird shit. But, and I get it. Oh, yeah. I totally get it. It's one of those things of, like, if you watch The Good Place, of, like, what do you want to know? Like, cheaty popping up there. The the, like, what do you want to know? And he freaks out, and he's like, fuck, what's the biggest animal? I don't know. <laughs> <laughs>
0: like, I'm going to make some weird shit. Yeah. I get it. I'd make some weird shit. Me too. I totally understand. Now that they're free, Groot finds Ego's brain in the planet's core, and he presses the right button. He does. And he starts the bomb's five minute timer. Now here's my question to you. Yeah. So celestials. Celestials. They're very
1: big. Yes. They're very h- big. They're huge. Kind of not they're not robots, because they're obviously living right. underneath it all. Right. And you do see the celestial head, it is nowhere. Yeah. In Garden's Galaxy, the first one.
0: Yeah. And as as Rocket and Y- and you are approaching the planet. You see the face of Ego. You sure do. Now, that brain that you see, do you think it would fit inside
1: one of those giant robot heads? Kind of. Yeah. Yeah, I think it would too. Yeah, I think so. Yeah, it's kind of weird how hmm. Ego is kind of a way of pulling. He found a way to pull himself out of the shell that is a um, uh, celestial, as we know it in the comics. Yeah. And found a way to become Ego, the Living Planet. And that's what he's kind of used in order to expand the universe. Fascinating. And that blew my fucking mind. Yeah. Wide open yeah. <laughs> here because for people who read the comics, this should have you asking so many questions and not just, oh, you're defeating a giant brain. Isn't that interesting? Because it's not even close to that. No, It's that you have a celestial who advanced past the point of uh, creation, if you will. He says that he's God with a lowercase g. Lowercase g. And he found a way to mimic different species and to impregnate these different species to try to find another genealogical offspring.
0: Yeah, and a way to produce an heir.
1: Exactly. I think that this is everything. I think this movie is everything. This is- Big. It's massive, man. I can't get over how it's just
0: big and overlooked this movie actually is. We literally have celestials playing with genetics. You like... fucking have <laughs> celestials, Brian! <laughs> call it at that. Period. Hard period, stop. Period, stop. But then you also have them messing with genetics, like creating mutants, if you oh will. my god, it's huge. <laughs> Would you call Star Lord a mutant? Technically, yes. Technically, I
1: agree. Legally, no, at this point. Well, he's not signed up for anything, because we don't know if that exists on Earth because of contract disputes and copyrights and all that. Exactly. But not important. But not important. This
0: should be a bigger fucking deal. It should be. You're absolutely right. This is huge. (laughs) Oh, man. a Star-Lord is the MCU's first
1: mutant? I don't know if they're technically saying he's a mutant. Even though he's a halfse and he has the power of the light, yeah. which is clearly a mutation of the human gene. You know, except I don't know if it is a mutation or if it's just a half and half
0: type thing. Right. I don't know. And it's hard to pick out when you don't know what's coming in the future. But now that we know what's coming, yeah, when it's the a eternals got announced, this should be massive. People should have been like, guys, Guardians 2, do you remember?
1: Not even that. Pepperidge Farms remembers the fact that there's only one eternal who can talk to a celestial. And that's Ajax in the comics. And the fact that you have all these people that are talking to this Celestial is a big deal. It's rewriting the rules of Marvel. Yeah. Wow. This is fascinating to me. Like, canonically, within the book, I understand that we veer off it all the time. We said that in phase three. I personally said the biggest thing in the world was Doctor Strange on the balcony with the ancient one when she says it's not about you. And we've seen everything leading up to that point. Being about the person. Yeah. Iron Man 1, Iron Man 2, Iron Man 3 is about Tony Stark. Of course. Captain America is more or less about Captain America. Even Civil War is about Captain America. Everything is about yeah. that character. Yeah. And then Doctor Strange is the first real true sacrifice in my mind. Oh, it's not about you. Yeah. It's It's, yeah. And then when you dive into here, where you're introducing all these other things of this greater universe that comes out of it, and we're going to get even bigger in the post-credits of this thing, (laughs) this movie cannot be fucking overlooked. This is gigantic. This is probably the most important movie of all of the MCU movies. and That
0: seems like an exaggeration. It's
1: hyperbolic for sure. (laughs) You know what? If you really want to put it that way, it's top three. Okay. Because Infinity War, Endgame, obviously, are probably one and two. But this... Is massive it's big. and people just very much overlook this movie, even though this has laid some really solid foundation to everything that could be to come.
0: Very, very interesting. I really hope that you're right and they don't just go, "Whoops!" with the ball, with the the glowing They're ball. They're not going to and, Incredible Hulk this and thing. then go, "We forgot about all that stuff we set up in Guardians
1: 2. There's no way. There's no possible way. It's too important.
0: If only we could know right now. If only Eternals had already come out. Ah! Damn it. We're in the wrong timeline. Let's not bring that up. We'll get there. (laughs) We will get there. Well, way, way down the road. We'll get there. (laughs) Not that far down the road. Not anymore. Drax carries Mantis to the ship while Gamora and Nebula make it back up. And Rocket gives his last spacesuit to Yondu, knowing that he won't be able to save himself and Star Lord. Gamora tries to go back. She's like, Where's Quill? I need to go get him. And Rocket kind of. Incapacitates her. And he's like, I can only lose one friend today.
1: Right. Rocket makes the call. Rocket is going through a serious character arc. Big time. Serious. Big time. And I don't think it ends with this movie. I don't think it does either, (laughs) but man, is he having some issues going on inside. Yeah. Yeah. And not to even mention that this is the first time they've really talked about how he is programmed, if you will. Right. How he was created. Yeah. He's a really interesting character in this movie. Yeah. And I can't believe I'm going to say it again. But we'll get
0: there. Yep. (laughs) At some point. This is ridiculous. It is. At this point. Ego pleads with Star-Lord to stop the bomb, or else Star-Lord will also just be a normal human. He'll he'll lose his immortality. And Star-Lord's like, yeah, what's wrong with that? I don't give a shit. And the bomb goes off. Boom. And Ego's human form disintegrates. Right. And the rest of the planet starts to explode. So Yondu flies by, and he picks up Star-Lord, and they fly away from the exploding planet. And as they leave the atmosphere... Yandu puts the suit on Star Lord to save him.
1: It's the same suit that Drax had earlier when he was flying through space, tethered yeah. up. And I like how it's like
0: this. It looks like kind of like the the bubble wrap, if you will. But it does, sort of like it's that galactic bubble wrap, right? Yandu tells Star Lord that Ego was his father, but he was never his daddy.
1: Oh man, that hit hard. Yeah,
0: and uh, then he starts to freeze in open space, and Star Lord has to just kind of watch him die right there. Yep, real <laughs> it's rough, horrible. He got to watch his his mother die yep and he got to watch his daddy die if,
1: and he got to watch his father killed die. his father what a tough and then he watches so yeah
0: it's been a rough day yeah not great the guardians back on the ship prepare to give Yandu a proper ravager funeral and craglin at this point is like peter uh I have this for you it's something that Yandu's wanted to give you for a long time and now that you've lost your walkman it seems appropriate it's a zoom <laughs> what a great joke I have another actual IMDb trivia fact for you, Dave. Oh,
1: come on, Brian. Yeah,
0: I know. My emotions are right now on 11. What are you doing? I'm trying to level you out. The Zune that Craiglin, Sean Gunn, gives to Quill, Chris Pratt, toward the end of the film was a type of digital music player made by Microsoft between 2006 and 2011. It was later discontinued because- Hold on. Of- are you saying Zune lasted five years? It sure did. Oh, my God. <laughs> It was later discontinued because of poor sales compared to the iPod and other digital music players, and it was never something that everybody's listening to on Earth.
1: Uh, for what it's worth, better than Quibi.
0: <laughs> it lasted longer than Quibi. Also, that's a very good joke in the movie. It's a and great I joke. Very
1: much. Oh, yeah, it's enjoyed what everyone's
0: it. listening to on Earth now.
1: I really like how earlier in this movie Sylvester Sloan seemingly out of no said that you're never gonna get the Ravager
0: funeral, whatever right. the
1: shit it was. The lights of blah 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 will never whatever it was. Yeah. yeah. And then here we
0: are. Yeah, and in return, Star Lord gives Kraglin Yandu's arrow. He's like, I think he'd want you to have this. Sure, touching. Nebula sets off to hunt Thanos by herself, but not before reconciling with Gamora. They of have course. a moment. Yep. There's a hug. Yeah, emotional wounds are being wound mended. It's kind. I of almost an, said wounded. It's a neosporin That's, at this point. It'll heal it eventually. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's not quite. They're there on either. the right path. Right. Mantis decides to stay with the Guardians because, well, you know, the place she lives is literally gone.
1: <laughs> oh, you said my whole planet died? Yeah. Okay. Oh, fine. the guy
0: I used to live on is gone? All right. <laughs>
1: That's a weird way to
0: put it. Yes. And then Yandu's body goes out into space as space dust. Yep. And a bunch of Ravager ships start showing up. Like, when you say a bunch, like. It's I'm going to I'm going to say 99 of them okay, show up. Fine. Because there's 100 Ravager fleets and, ah, and earlier There you go. Sylvester Stallone was like, "You just lost the business of 99 of them by serving one." Oof. Yeah. It's rough. Yeah. And they all show up to pay their respects to, for Yandu because Rocket sent out a message telling everybody what Yandu did. Right. And he gets a a full proper funeral with the the fireworks and it's very colorful. It's very cool. It's very deep. There's a um, what's the song playing? It's Father and Cat son. Stevens, Cat Stevens. Father and son. Yeah. And it, it's it, very good. It's pulling the heartstrings, and then you have baby Groot, who's like going from person to person, snuggling up. Snuggling up, and he he ends up with Drax, who's literally been fighting the entire movie. Yeah. And he's like, Yeah, this is we're we're our family unit here. That's exactly it. And that's almost Guardians of the Galaxy Volume Two. What is the
1: last line that Rocket even has? Because Rocket
0: it's a very downer moment at the end. Oh, uh, he's looking out at at everybody showing up. He's like, yeah. they all came. They they still liked him, even though he was mean to them. And he stole those batteries he didn't even want. Yep. And <laughs> oh. I want to save that for a second.
1: This is a, we'll get there real soon. But I want to save that for a second. But carry on to the post-credits. All
0: right. Mid-credits scene number one.
1: Right. It's important to note these because there's so many.
0: Kraglin tries practicing with the arrow. I mean, he's not very good at it. He ends up sticking Drax with it. Yeah, he does. It's, it's funny. It's very funny. Mid-credits scene number two. Sylvester Stallone honors Yondu's sacrifice by reuniting with their old team. With Martin X, played by Michael Rosenbaum. Yep. Charlie 27, played by Ving Rames. Yep. Alita, played by Michelle Yeoh. Kruger, who's um CGI, but he does some really cool Dr. Strangey magic shit. Sure does. And Mainframe, which is a helmet that's played by Miley Cyrus. I love it. And it's like the OG Guardians team, and it's really cool. And I like it quite James a bit. James Gunn has hinted that they will probably return at some point. I'm all for Even it. if it's not in Guardians 3, which that's makes fine. me go, oh, that's fun. <laughs> what do you got up your sleeve, Jimmy Finger Fingerguns? What do you got? Mid-credits scene number three. Aisha and another Sovereign discuss their new plan to take down the Guardians. Aisha is sitting by a birthing pod, touting the next step in the evolution of the Sovereign. And she decides to name it Adam.
1: Yeah, that's massive. That's huge. That is insanely massive. Huge.
0: James Gunn wanted to have Adam Warlock in this movie. James Gunn, to stay canonically to the comics, should have had Adam Warlock in this movie. Yeah, the problem was they already had their everything pretty much drafted for Infinity War, and they knew if they introduced Adam Warlock in this movie, they were going to have to use him.
1: He's only a massive character He's huge. in the Infinity
0: Gauntlet. But I guess they were like... We don't want to use him for whatever reason. I, I don't know. I mean, you you introduced Captain Marvel right before and then use her until it was appropriate yeah. in Endgame. So James Gunn actually said, I adored what we had done with him. I think we did something really creative and unique with Adam Warlock, but it was one character too many and I didn't want to lose Mantis and Mantis was more organically part of the movie anyway. You could just add more characters, bud. You could, but he also knows that once you start trying to do too much with the movie, it turns All into right. Spider-Man 3.
1: Nah, that's a good point, actually.
0: He noted that Warlock could appear in future guardians films and is considered a pretty important part of the cosmic side of the Marvel universe. Not wrong. But he actually even just by doing this post-credit scene, Disney was like, "You have to make sure that people know that this is not a thing that's going to happen in Infinity War and Endgame." I can't promise you that. So he had to he actually had to like put out tweets like regarding the post-credit scene. He's Man, not going to show I up. I can't wait for tweets to not matter <laughs> nearly as much or maybe they already don't or, or maybe they don't or maybe who knows. I don't know.
1: We're in a post-apocalyptic world. Yeah.
0: Maybe Twitter was the first casualty of of the Fingers election crossed. process. Just no maybe Yandu got he went <laughs> like a bird whistle. Just all the little blue and birds just th- gone. Th- 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 Every one of them gone right through the fucking chest. Mid credit scene number four. Oh my god, Groot is now a teenager. Yeah, that's actually very good. Uh, Quill scolds him for leaving his roots lying around, but Groot's like, ah, I don't, I don't care. I'm gonna play video <laughs> games like a teenager. Uh, as you do.
1: Yeah, I got it.
0: And then we get a post credit scene because we're not done. We're not done. Stan Lee, he's still sitting with the Watchers, but they've become bored and they leave him without a ride back to Earth. I love it. I love it. I love it so much. I'm I'm a little bummed that we're deciding to not snap him because we already decided that the next Stan Lee lives no matter what. Which one was it? Oh, this one. Yeah, this one. I love it. Because the last time we were like, no matter what, next Stan Lee lives. Fantastic. We picked the right one. We did it. But also, I feel like now the next Stan Lee is going to have to die. I don't think that's how it works, but- I don't know. We're just... going
1: to find out the hard way.
0: Also, we've already killed the Stanley once. We have, but
1: <laughs> have we? But have we? Time doesn't matter. Yeah. So that is Guardians of the Galaxy, part, uh, volume two. Volume. Volume two. It's Get very it right. important because the IMDb told me- Yes. That it's important to state that. You're right. It's a reference. Exactly. It's the awesome mix. Written, directed by Jimmy Fingerguns, as we know. Pow, pow. This is a really,
0: really, 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 really good movie. It's good. It's, it's, it's really good. <laughs> honestly, it's an amazing showcase of Jimmy Finger Guns. Yeah, that's putting it lightly, though,
1: I think. Cause it's, I think it's an amazing showcase of Jimmy Finger Guns, for sure. Uh, I think Drax shines quite a bit. Yeah. I think Gamora doesn't.
0: Not as much as the first I think one, for sure.
1: Star-Lord is stiff, but it works. Yeah. And I think that this actually is kind of a rocket movie, more than anything. Because Rocket does go through that massive character Rocket goes arc through a big change yes. that they actually end up ending on, which makes you feel like this is a resolution. But then at the same time, you have to remember that this is an ensemble movie, yeah, and it's not just an individual thing. I so, felt like
0: this was a lot. Yeah. This movie was a lot of. The first movie was this is how they came together, right? This movie was this is how they became a team. Uh, this is how family. they became a family, right? And all the while, they've they've kind of resolved storylines for Star Lord. And Drax mostly. That they one, sort of have. That one kind of gets finished in future movies. Yeah. Groot is not even basically close to being done. He resolves in the first movie and now he's a new character again. Correct. Not even the same character. Mm-hmm. Actually, James Gunn has, has clarified that he does not have the memories. He is technically Groot's son, not a reincarnation. Okay. Trees are weird. All right. Trees are weird. <laughs> well, I guess in the books, it's still the same Groot. Fine. So. That works. But I don't think Rocket's arc is done yet. I think there's a lot still to look into with Rocket. Rocket went through some shit in this one.
1: Where you had, obviously, we saw Star-Lord go through the, this is your daddy. Your daddy's a living planet. Your daddy's a bad man. And now you have to fight your daddy and kill your daddy, yada, yada. Right, right. Whereas Rocket, they openly talk about how he was programmed, how he was created. Right, built. He will not have any of it. And he is going through some serious I'm not a raccoon. You're a trash panda. That's better, right? It's so (laughs) so much much worse. worse. I love that line. It's a great line. Uh, I think Rocket actually is kind of the one going through the biggest arc here.
0: I don't know. I feel like it's... Rocket has a huge arc, no doubt. But I And it's not done yet. I think that's important to note. Peter Quill has a bigger arc in this movie. But my issue with Peter
1: Quill, and it's not going to be resolved in this movie. It's going to be resolved in Infinity War. I think that Peter Quill is a victim of the Peter Principle. The Peter Principle? Right. The Peter Principle being what Lawrence Peter has discussed in his ideas and books and whatnot about how you rise to the level of your incompetence. Yes. And that's how people are are hired and promoted, yada, yada, yada. And I think that Peter Quill is a victim of this Peter Principle. And it just happens to be his first name, which... Fine. It's convenient. It's it's convenient. It's not coincidental. Right. Because obviously they're disconnected. But when you look at Peter Quill in the first Guardians of the Galaxy movie, he's kind of a a rogue, kind of doing his own thing, stealing, trying to make a living, yada yada. Yeah. And he inherits this crew, if you will. Yeah. It's definitely an accidental formation. It exactly is. Is that he kind of gets lucky in getting this group of people, where he gets the deadliest woman in the world. He gets Drax the Destroyer. Destroyer, yeah. He gets Rocket and he gets Groot. Fine. But then he also happens to have the ship. So he's automatically promoted to captain. Yeah. In this whole group. And then when you start out this movie, you have this moment of he's the captain, but he's going through some shit fighting with Rocket of who's the better pilot. Right. So naturally, what do you do in order to promote him? You make him half fucking God. That's fair. So he's now promoted to half God. Yes. His level of incompetence is not reached yet, according to the Peter Principle. It's not reached. But you start seeing. Things emotionally that he's not able to cope with. Yeah. And I think that's where this idea starts to creep in of it's an emotional incompetence. It's his
0: emotional maturity that is exactly. where he gets stunted.
1: But even if you flash back to the first Guardians of the Galaxy is how does he defeat uh, Ronan? A dance-off? He distracts him. That's right. And there is a direct quote in this movie here where Rocket says, as he's fighting, as uh, Peter Quill is fighting Ego, he says he can only distract him for so long. Peter falls back on that idea of, I don't know how to win this. I'm going to distract it long enough for my buddies to solve this problem. Yeah. Therefore, he's doing his job in the best possible way. Therefore, he's going to get promoted once Uh, again. Yeah. Within the realm of the MCU
0: Interesting.
1: But at the same time, you have this character who freaks out when he finds out that Ego's the one who put the tumor into his mom's head. Yeah. And it's a woman in uh, Peter Quill's life. That's what forces his reaction of a freak out. Mm-hmm. And it's a weird thing how, spoiler alert, in Infinity War, yeah. in Peter Quill's epic fuck up. As it's called, it's not out of character. It's
0: not out of character at it's all. It's not
1: even close to out of character in fact, about everything that comes. In he's literally of... done it before. <laughs> he has done it before a couple <laughs> times. We have officially reached his level of incompetence, where now he is not relying on his team because he's alone in this moment. He's alone with the—he's with Mantis. Yeah. He's with Tony. Yeah. He's with Spider-Man yep. in Infinity War. He doesn't have his usual people to fall back on. were he with cracks. But he just can't get stupid lucky at this point. His right. level of incompetence is completely reached at that point. Hmm. And I'm defending something that's going to happen in the future because I do fully think that Peter Quill is such a victim of the Peter principle of you rise to your level of incompetence, but this character is incompetent as it goes through. It's one of those that he just keeps working his way through of getting lucky and convenient and finding yeah. out he's his scrappy. It's that's,
0: that's exactly it. Yeah, and I'm I'm curious because we get the hint that they they're introducing Thor to this mix, which may or may not actually happen because we don't know. We uh, have the no way idea. Movies have shifted around, and who knows? But what would that do to the dynamic again? Correct. How does Peter no rise? But to we that also
1: occasion. do know that Peter he rose as far as he could until the moment happened.
0: And look at it from a fan's point of view. He's definitely an X Man then. You think, well, maybe in my eyes, for convenience' <laughs> sake, he just he's but there.
1: Look at it from a fan's point of view of when you get to Infinity War, what happens with your viewpoint of Peter Quill?
0: Honestly, I think people are too hard on him. So I think I'm so the too. wrong one to ta- ask. But. but the same thing is is that
1: he rose to his level of incompetence. We finally got there. It's an emotional incompetence, yeah. If anything, but it finally broke him. It finally got to the point where. I mean he had he's the guardian of the galaxy he's not the guardian of the entire universe that's the, the right. thing. thing right. now that this is too big for him and probably should have saved it for infinity war to talk about it but well i think it's I'm very sure appropriate we'll find another through here line.
0: yeah it's definitely appropriate here because i think you're right but i don't think they're done with him i think there's there's got to be something else or he doesn't <laughs> maybe in in volume 3 he can't rise to the occasion and that's how we uh we move on from the character do you think it's that simple, though?
1: They just it's never that simple. Kill him off. They're not going to do that. You it's, don't think so? No. I mean, he got voted the the least popular Chris. I know that. Yeah. Out of the bunch, that's not his fault. It's kind of his fault
0: being one of the Chris's. You're right, but still. <laughs> <laughs> uh. no. I, I think I think we're going to have a, a heavy rocket focus on on volume three. Is where I'm. I
1: think we should because of what this movie sets up for yeah. the rocket character.
0: Yeah. It's really interesting. Yeah.
1: That's what I'm. I'm more. Curious about than the Peter Quill character. There's definitely a resolution to be had. We are not there. This is such a downer ending. Yeah. It's ridiculous.
0: Yeah. And it, it does it ends so abruptly that they they need to give you five post credit scenes. Just to, to give you something to just leave later so the like, on. Okay. Whew. That wasn't a total bummer of a movie. You're
1: right. <laughs> <laughs> it's not like an Empire Strikes Back type thing. <laughs> yeah. Yeah.
0: They you know what it was? They didn't want an Infinity War before Infinity War. Man. I can't wait to talk about Infinity War. <laughs> I mean, you saw it together, and there's not been a
1: quieter car ride anywhere. No, that was that was <laughs> silent. It's no, that's not true because I remember after I, I want to say it was like it was junior, senior, or high school doesn't matter. But me and a couple friends would see Passion of the Christ when it opened. Oh, fun. that was the quietest car ride I've ever had yeah, after I a movie. <laughs> like, so Jesus, huh? <laughs>
0: he got stabbed real good, I guess. Wow. <laughs> So, um, how about that? <laughs> I thought we were going to see a Mel Gibson movie. Fuck. Yeah, I couldn't believe
1: it. <laughs> there you go. That's my personal theory on Peter Quill, is
0: yeah. that he's a victim of the Peter principle. There yeah, go. he, he's got a maximum threshold of emotional intelligence, and once he hits it, shit hits a fan. Shit does, in fact, hit the fan. I would again- say half the,
1: half the living anything- in anything, yeah, disappears because of Peter Quill's lack of emotional intelligence.
0: And no, no. You can't put that on Peter because Doctor Strange saw it happen and he knew that was the way it had to go. Was that before or after? It was after. The whole plan came after Doctor Strange looked at all the possible futures. There you go. All right. He did it before Thanos even well, showed yeah, up.
1: We'll, we'll get there. This is going to be a long we'll get there. But yeah, we'll <laughs> get there. We'll get there. We'll get there. <laughs> Rotten Tomatoes, 1 100. Where do where you think of this movie? Oh, 97. Yeah, you're wrong. It's
0: 85. Yeah, okay.
1: Audience yeah. score is 87.
0: Okay. So this is universally. Both, both sides. A, a B plus? It's ish. Universal B plus. Nailed it. That's the name of it's my spinoff podcast. Jimmy Finger
1: Guns was going for Universal B plus. I like
0: it. <laughs> Roger Ebert
1: did not see this movie. What? He Why was out not? of town. Where was he? He's on vacation. Martha's Where could he Vineyard. Have possibly been. He was vacationing he was at his home in Martha's Vineyard.
0: Hanging out with Meredith Quill.
1: That's right. They were doing a wine tasting. Yep. The Reds were particularly earthy that day. That they were wine tasting. <laughs> but Brian Tallarico from Reber.com did see this movie. He says, The rare Hollywood CGI orgy that doesn't take itself deadly seriously like the current plague of superhero movies and wants to be as purely entertaining as possible. Yeah. I like how he put an orgy to orgy. honor Roger Eber, who was, was out of work that day. <laughs> Sometimes
0: good? you got to honor the Raj by, by throwing a... In- thinly veiled innuendo into the review. Exactly. This movie is entertainment.
1: Great. Most films are supposed to be. that That's weirdly enough. generally the so, goal. So, way to say something without saying anything at all. <laughs> <laughs> Anthony Lane from The New Yorker. He says... Let's hope that Volume 3 recaptures the fizz of the original instead of slumping into the most expensive group therapy session in the universe.
0: (laughs) Uh, I was so ready to say this guy's wrong, and then he ended up being right at the end. (laughs) Yes, he did. So,
1: uh, Brian Tellerico was a freshie, and here Anthony Lane is a Roddy. A Roddy. So, I like Roddy better.
0: (laughs) Do you? It's it's
1: nonsense. It is, but... No, that's kind of our play space, isn't it? It really is. <laughs> so there you go. There's your reviews. There's some monsters on Amazon.com.
0: Oh, dear. Not a lot. Not a lot at all. Are they giant tentacle monsters that have thick skin? They are. That you but, can't pierce you from gotta the go, outside? You got to go from the inside.
1: Right. Really, The same thickness. It's the same thickness. <laughs> <laughs> this movie is a 4.7 out of 5. That is 16,500 reviews. That's so many. 83% are five star. It's a lot. Only 2% are one star. That's good. I'll start off by saying from December 22nd, 2018. Title awesome. Okay. Review. Had to had have, have it in my collection. collection. To start to I had to put it first. I had to put him first. <laughs> He's here. He's, He's always one of the first reviews I find. Love that guy. Uh, Amazine. He Am- did say Amazine once again. Yep.
0: I'm still convinced it's a copy and paste. It is
1: absolutely
0: a copy and paste. You know what? Job, I, I'm going to go further with him,
1: him this time because. Obviously, he's upset about the alphabetical order. Right. It's not there. He goes on to say, I would prefer to arrange by genre, episode, number, and franchise. So he's creating his own dewey fuckery system here <laughs> in order to <laughs> kind of like, label his Yeah, And yeah. then he says, so that I could group my movies together instead of having a hodgepodge to sort through. Do it your fucking self. It's not hard to do. One Excel
0: spreadsheet, and you will solve your problems. That's fair. You, you could just, or like a, use the notes app. You could do that too. I just put links in there, but then at the same
1: time, this is like a letter, Kenny, and that's why I appreciate you. Nah, so that's true. maybe don't do that. So maybe, we keep maybe having those gold
0: c- drop downs, so we can have so We can have the, the frequent visits from the Amazine guy. You are an idiot, but we love you. It's like the story of my life. It's pretty much.
1: It's kind of like a Tropic Thunder. This guy's never going to win an Oscar <laughs> in this universe. for reasons, but we still we we still adore you. Yeah, from August sixteenth, twenty nineteen. Title overrated. Review, overrated.
0: Oh, concise.
1: The writer obviously is trying to send an undercover message. Can't deceive me.
0: An undercover (laughs) message? Can't deceive me. I'm glad this guy can see through the bullshit. (laughs) What bullshit? What undercover message? What are we doing here? This movie doesn't have subtext so much as it just has text. This is full text. (laughs) Jimmy Fingergun said- I just wanted a sister. Leave your, Oh, okay. Here's we're, your sister. We don't have to infer anything? Thanks, Nebula. Exactly. It's the Joe <laughs> Dirt version of I'm your sister now. A little bit different.
1: Slightly, Slightly is different. It, you think so?
0: Yeah, just like but bare, barely, but, barely, but different.
1: The Ferris wheel. They were operating the Ferris wheel together. Yeah. I think. I don't remember Joe Dirt that well. <laughs> it blew my mind. That's Undercover message.
0: I saw your undercover message. Be sure to drink your oval team. Can't fool me. <laughs> A commercial? <laughs> A Dairy Queen commercial? I couldn't believe it either.
1: <laughs> it's not fast food. It's Dairy Queen. Is that? That's not what's on the billboard. It says like it's not fast food, it's good food, or something like that on the billboard it's in this not movie. Fast it's two food. different ones. It's but good I food. didn't even write them down. Oh boy. Yeah, I was dropping plants at the Dairy Queen. A bloody commercial.
0: <laughs> he doesn't say bloody. Doesn't say he doesn't say bloody. Says. He's
1: not British. From January 11th, 2018, title totally sucks. Okay. Review, I love the original, but this movie is the worst comic book movie I've ever seen. And what I've seen Supergirl and Superman 3. Oh, no. I feel like this is a Dwight Schrute of like, I've seen over 200 movies. <laughs> so I'm in a position to judge. I was in Spawn. <laughs> Superman
0: 3.
1: Is not nearly as enjoyable as this movie.
0: No. They shouldn't even be compared. They should not. They should never be compared. Well, that's kind
1: of what all the reviews that I didn't read said is like, oh, the only thing missing from Gardens Galaxy Volume 2 is Richard Pryor.
0: I believe that. I yeah. believe everybody said that. Everybody like, said that. It was unanimous. <laughs> really. The only thing missing <laughs> from this movie, I couldn't believe it either. It's amazing. Yeah. <laughs> the last one I have
1: is from July 18th. 2018 title. I'm waiting till they explain the story differences better. Bummed out. I spent so much on the dot, dot, dot. I bought the one I thought was the first movie. When we watched this one, it had few different scenes, but had too much of the first movie scenes. Question mark. I don't understand why the two are so alike. Question mark. I want next, the next one. All covers are similar and I don't want another version of the first. There are supposed to be 3 and I What? And I want all 3 only. I'm waiting till they explain the story differences better. Bumped out I spent so much on the two already. What? This person I The only comment said, "What the fuck are you talking about?" <laughs> <laughs> so, they bought the first movie and then the second movie had yeah. Had few different scenes. Few different scenes. Which, that's not true.
0: Nope. Nope. It's a completely
1: different movie. (laughs) It's a new movie. It's an entirely new movie, in fact. And then uh, they don't understand why the two are so alike. They want the next one, the third one. The third one. That's supposed to be included in this set that's not even filmed yet. Right, right, right. To be included in the set to make sure that they have it. Yeah, because it's supposed to be three. Yeah, but they spent so much money on the first two already. Right. That how are they not going to get the third one included
0: already? It's crazy. I don't understand it. This person, um, I don't think they understand how anything works. I don't think you're wrong there. I think this person has reached their the Peter principle. They've, <laughs> they've gotten to the point where they just they can't progress any further. I don't know if that's true or not because there was one that I read.
1: Most of these were, oh, this, this didn't work. Oh, it didn't load because this was available on Amazon Prime for a while. Yeah. And I don't have the date which I usually lead off with, not important. I'm doing it off the dome here. Yeah. They said, have to be a member of Amazon Prime to watch. And it's like, I feel like that person has reached the the pinnacle of the Peter principle of, yes, yes, you do. (laughs) (laughs) Simple as that.
0: That is how it works. (laughs) Yes. If you want Um, to watch
1: the thing that's on Amazon Prime, you need to uh, be a subscriber of the Amazon Prime.
0: Generally, it's like, oh. This Netflix original movie, gotta have Netflix to watch I can't wait for it. Orange
1: is the New Black to finally get onto Hulu.
0: I can't wait. We've been waiting for so long. <laughs> Share the wealth. That's a dated example. I should not have gone there. No, it's perfect, though. Was it? Because if you're still waiting for Orange is the New Black <laughs> to aid Hulu, you don't get it. Fair enough. <laughs> no, I get the impression that this person bought two different versions of Volume 2 thinking they were getting Volume 3, which obviously does not exist yet.
1: Well, for what it's worth, they had bought Volume one and two in a pack, I can understand that mathematically. Yeah. I think that they're getting three, eventually, if the two discs mate
0: with each other. No, because that's just going to give you Guardians one and a half. Like the Lion King did. Yeah. I get it now. Okay. It's just the same story, but told from, I don't know. From the Cree perspective. Yeah, from the Cree perspective. Or the the Gold People perspective. Sovereign and Cree. This is our Not story. Not as good songs either. No, the songs, I don't Not remember any of them. Yeah.
1: But you do get your Nathan Lane cameo, and that's what's important. Honestly, yes. Yes, that's what we're all here for. Oh, really? What we're all here for is to give this thing a super sub score. We should do that. Let's figure out what this thing got. However, okay, (laughs) (laughs) you were very coy this time about hiding whatever it is. This is coy. I do the same thing I do every week. And now for another edition of
0: the Caped Podcasters Theater. What we have here like we've been doing every week for the last few weeks. <laughs> yes. Is um a little story written by Keaton Patty, comedy writer. His book is available for pre-order now on Amazon. It is called I forced a bot to write this book. AI meets BS. I just got an update from Amazon today that my copy should be arriving on the release day and I'm yes. very excited about yes. that. Mine will be too. I can't wait. Um we did a lot of talk about family today, Dave, and so I decided it would be good if uh, if we if we did this one. Keaton Patty says I forced a bot to watch over a thousand hours of Family Feud. I thought you were going to say Family Matters.
1: And then asked the to I write. And I was so
0: prepared to be Urkel. A Family Feud episode. How do you write its own? A Family Feud episode. <laughs> Here is the first page. Okay. Dave. Um. This. This week, I'm going to be doing the parts. Obviously, reading the narration as I do. I'm also going to be doing the parts of Smith Father. <laughs> okay. Uh, family Two Father. Uh, of course. And Family 2, Father 2. What? <laughs> I'll also be doing the part of Everyone in Planet. And you'll be doing the part of Steve Harvey, almost uh, as good as Urkel. I was hoping for Louis Anderson, but that's fine. And also Everyone in Planet. What? Yeah. Again? Yeah. So there's, there's your script. And um, okay, <laughs> this is Family Feud. Family Feud. Here we go. Interior, Arena of Household Anger. Steve Harvey, judger of families, sends his body onto the stage. Two families exist, Smith family and family two. The feud begins. One family will win the car. One family will become the car. Bring me your father's. Each family mails a father to Steve. Steve's hair is no. It is no, actually. This is a digression. <laughs> his hair is ridiculous. His hair, well, he doesn't have hair. He's got
1: a mustache. Remember when he did it? He had like the flat top, but it looked fake? <laughs> yes. Everything about him looks like he, he should be a robot man. Anything yes. About
0: it. Steve Harvey the robot. Yes. I love it.
1: it continued. Steve Harvey. We talked to 100 pounds of bees. <laughs> what would pasta do on a computer? Smith father
0: buzzes on Steve's Harvey. Look at you.
1: You're bringing the, the production value here, yeah,
0: Brian. Yeah, <laughs> I'm, I'm really bringing it this week. <laughs> Message red sauce. The answer board dings. Message red sauce is the number four answer. Steve Harvey's face shatters, and now he hosts even harder. Other father. Can you guess nicer? Download plate. (laughs) Download plate is number 3.5 answer. (laughs) Family two cheers. They have been family for several minutes. They are all fathers. (laughs) Very appropriate for this movie. (laughs) It really is. Steve Harvey says, Game will die
1: without more answers. I will not bury the game. My shovel is busy running Nintendo. What?
0: Family two, father two, raises hand. He wants to be Mister Guess. I am married to a pasta, so I know the truth. Website of garlic. Good answer. Good answer.
1: Good answer. Good answer. Good answer. Everyone on planet. Good answer.
0: Website of garlic
1: is the number three
0: answer. Steve Harvey says, "How is that good?" And I am bad. How is that good and I am bad is number one answer. Steve Harvey wins the families and becomes the car. Oh, what a day for Steve Harvey. It's just wonderful. Now can we give
1: this thing a super sub score, <laughs> yes, please? Sure.
0: Uh, now that we got that out of our systems, let's give this you thing You got a super that f- out of your system. Yeah, basically. You made me be Steve Harvey. I thought I was doing you a favor. Did you? <laughs> Who doesn't love Steve Harvey? You didn't make enough faces at the answers. Right. That was the problem. You're,
1: you're right. The
0: character. I didn't have enough time. Guardians of the Galaxy volume 2 story and motivation. What is the story? Story is Peter wants to know who his dad is. He, he doesn't. Finds, he finds out who But his... he doesn't. But he does. No, he doesn't. He absolutely does.
1: He really really doesn't. The story kind of just happens upon Peter. It's not that he goes searching for anything. It's That's that his true. daddy comes to him. He
0: doesn't go searching for it, but Peter
1: really doesn't give a shit about who his father is until someone says I'm your father.
0: Oh, that's not true, because when Aisha brings up that half of his heritage is unknown, he broods about it. He broods about it, but it doesn't seem like he gives a shit about who his father is. He's curious about what the other
1: side is, other than human. It's just the father happens to show up at that point. I don't know. It's kind of like the end of Waterboy. I'm your daddy. (laughs)
0: I'm Raboito. Yeah, but here's (laughs) Peter starts the movie with no dads, and he ends it with two dead dads. So, like, That's a problem. I agree, but we're going to get there. Oh, we're not, though, With because parents. It's, a, it's it's not a parents movie. It's a teamwork movie, so we won't even get there. But... That's, oh, that's possible, too. Wow, that's going to be complicated when we get there. It is. Uh, I think the story itself is
1: okay. Yeah. I think it, it kind of directs itself in a funny way to get to where all the, the characters need to have-
0: A funny their... thing happened in the galaxy today.
1: Exactly. It's <laughs> not so much a Roman forum anymore. I kind of want to go like 0. .5. I think that's fair. I think it is a little too convenient that the story just There is yeah it it kind of landed on these characters.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Yeah because Ego goes hunting for Peter not the other way around.
1: Right. It seems like Peter doesn't really care too much and I feel like he gets a lot well, of shit is, about
0: his background. I don't I don't know that he doesn't care. He just has nowhere to start. Like even and that's if he fine. if he wanted to that's totally he just couldn't. Th- so. Yeah,
1: but that that mm, the story comes to him. But yeah, but uh, it yeah. But doesn't make it a good story for the heroes at that point, if you will. It makes it a convenient story for the heroes. It's thing. a Convenient story. It's a good story. It's a it's a good
0: story, but convenient. But a convenient. Yeah, heroes.
1: Yeah, it's a convenient story for the heroes.
0: <laughs> <laughs> they are heroic, and they, they are save extremely heroic the universe. They do this time. We're gonna save the cart. We're gonna save the galaxy again. Cool. Now we can raise our prices. They did say they're gonna save the galaxy when clearly the universe was at stake here. The universe. And that's was, a problem. Yeah, gotta differentiate. But then again, it was Rocket and. He's going through some shit. Rocket had had other things on his mind. He did. Uh, I'm going to go 0.75. I agree. All right. (laughs) Yeah. I just, I don't want to give it a full one because a lot of things were too convenient. But at the end of the day, I love these guys. I love this movie. And they did a great job. I agree. And they saved the day. We have to kind of
1: keep a level head here. It's not like we're talking about Demolition Man where we can just go wild with it. Or Power Rangers.
0: Why? Why? You did it first. You're right. Villain. Villains. Yeah, uh, You got Ego? You got Ego? For sure. You got Aisha? She's not. And the Sovereign? Yeah, she's kind of in the background. Definitely kind of a villain. B-villain. Uh, I like Ego. I like Ego a lot, and there's some really cool things about Ego's performance, or I guess you could say Kurt Russell's performance, where when Peter first uses the celestial powers, when he uses the light for the first time, and he has that little freak out, it reads as excitement until you watch the movie again, and you're like, oh, this dude's pumped because he finally found yeah, the kid gene. It's nice. It's very good. Honestly, his story makes more sense than the heroes.
1: It does, and I like how he has gone through the trouble of dropping his plants in all these other planets <laughs> and whatnot, Yeah, and his plan is becoming realized.
0: Absolutely. I don't know how, but it is. I'm curious if he was still going about his plans, like going to other planets and dropping his plants And impregnating a local and having the kid brought to him so he could find out if they had the celestial gene this whole time. And then he was like, hold on. There was an earthling that held an (laughs) infinity stone. Cancel my plans. I got to look into this. This... Well, it makes sense now why you can hold the infinity stone. Yeah. How about that?
1: They explained it. I love that. Silicon Valley style, Russ Hanneman talking to Jared
0: here. Ego? This guy fucks. This guy, oh my God. This guy fucks hard too. You know what? It also says something about uh, Peter Quill's propensity to, to fuck everything in the galaxy. It, yeah, well, it's That's well, genetic. Not even that. It is genetic
1: because <laughs> we, when we first meet Peter Quill in Garden's Galaxy, he's fucking. Yes. But then as he starts to drift more towards Gamora and she takes kind of that motherly tone with him, I feel like it falls more into a, a not creepy Oedipal type thing. Yeah. And That's why it works so well. Right, and they do have a great relationship. This is this is the green girl that maybe
0: not care about the pink girls and the blue girls anymore. Exactly. Yeah. Not that they don't matter. but still, I agree with you. I think his villain is phenomenal. I uh, I'm gonna give him a one. I think. So. I actually do like Eagle the Living Planet quite a bit. Same. I like
1: the take that they took on him.
0: Yeah. They. I mean, they had to completely change him up. The rights for him were with Fox because he's mostly a Fantastic Four character. You said and Silver Surfer something.
1: There was something we talked about in the past.
0: Yes. About how Ego got like passed
1: along or something like
0: that. There was a deal made with Fox where they got to, Marvel got to use Ego in exchange for Fox getting to change Negasonic Teenage Warhead's power set for Deadpool 2. I would say that Marvel won. Yeah. And even if they didn't, yeah,
1: then they bought Fox. Negasonic is just such a minor character in that movie.
0: Yeah. And the thing is, the whole reason they wanted to use that character was because she had a cool name. They're like, we don't even care about her powers. Man. So. That all checks out, actually. <laughs> Says a lot about the Fox side of things. Yes, it does. Also, in the comics, Ego's not a celestial. No, he's not. He's just a cosmic being. That is a fun little touch, and that's why it's a throwaway line. That's cosmic entity, and they're like, let's fuck shit up. Yeah, and they, they did it. <laughs> in the best way possible. So a one for villains, teamwork? It's it's an ensemble film. I think it we is an to go teamwork. It is an ensemble film. Even though he'd probably do... It's a one. They save the day. Extremely well again, in parents. they
1: actually saved the universe here. This is probably the biggest stakes we've ever seen so far.
0: Yeah. And they literally become a family doing it. They do. So One. Done. One. Parents probably would have been a one-five because he has three parents die There's in the movie.
1: There's so many parents <laughs> dying.
0: It's insane. Female characters. You got Kimura. You got Nebula, yep. probably. Aisha. You got Aisha.
1: Uh, Mantis. Yeah. They're all very good. They're very good. But they're also kind of looked over in this movie. Yeah. This movie does not care about the
0: sisterly relationship at all. It kind of forces it upon us. It, it really feels like Feige was like, hey, you got to do something with Gamora and Nebula so we can we can set up. Exactly. I'm going to go with a generous .5. I wouldn't call that generous. You don't think so? I feel like the Gamora and Nebula thing is forced. It is, but I, I feel like it's not the only story because- hmm. Mantis does not have a story. Mantis- is a character that's as
1: far as it Mantis goes. Mantis is
0: a character that is learning social norms from the worst teacher possible for social norms. Yeah, but
1: at the same time, that's just for comic relief in a movie that doesn't need comic relief.
0: Yeah. I mean, she also becomes a guardian of the galaxy from being a henchman of Eco. She has an arc. Yeah. Uh, oh, It's not much. It's not much. Um, And I think Nebula... Really flexes her muscles with the Ravagers more than her storyline with. That's what I like her Gamora. quite a bit. She's awesome when she's like basically right. taking control. So of the Then Ravagers. how
1: about we go .5 and it's and not it's not generous. generous. Are you happy oh, now? We did it. And Aisha Great.
0: runs the Sovereign. Great. The whole thing, all of them .5. Setting. Now where are we? Because we, we're on ego. We're on ego for most of the movie. And ego changes. Ego changes. The thing is, I don't know that Ego changes. I think we just go to different areas of, of ego? ego. And it's. I love that every... They go to a bunch of places in this movie. They go to Contraxian, They go to Bearheart. Right. And every place feels unique. Every single place, you're like, all right, cool. We're somewhere new. It feels different. It looks different. This movie looks so much better than the first movie.
1: I'll go one. It's gorgeous. Yes, you're right.
0: And actually, Ego's Planet is really cool looking. It is very cool looking. Style and tone. Yeah, probably a one-five. You didn't even let me finish saying tone. Yeah, I didn't have to. Yeah, one five. I think, I think you're, I think you're <laughs> I right think it's, there. Yeah, easy. It's, it's a real whole... easy. All right, we're gonna get into a conversation here, even though we know what the answer is. Music. I don't think it's as good as the first soundtrack, and it's a really? weird thing that it needs
1: to be even discussed. Like the soundtrack is so important to these two movies.
0: Yeah, that You it, don't. Think it is it good? actually is a
1: totally separate entity from the movie
0: in a way. It is but at the same time it's so intertwined with the movie. It always is. Like James Gunn has this knack for doing this where he's like, "All right, these are the songs." He writes the songs into the script, which he does. nobody does. No. And and like songs in this movie like Brandy and the Chain are so integral to the plot.
1: You're not wrong.
0: It's uh, done so yeah, well. Yeah,
1: I just I don't find it as iconic as the first movie. Really?
0: Yeah. Looking Glass, the, the band that does Brandy, the lead guitarist and vocalist, Elliot Lurie, he said, the film allowed for a deeper meaning to be explored from the song. And he even said, maybe in retrospect, subconsciously, the song was a metaphor. The film is certainly the use that has shined the brightest light on the song since it was originally a hit. So, like, so is this guy just kind of digging for, this, guy this is, song is
1: deeper than everyone took it out to be, guys?
0: He's actually saying, maybe we accidentally made a deeper song, because the movie made the song more important than he did. So,
1: going off the Peter principle.
0: (laughs) (laughs) For Looking Glass? I'll give this a two. All right. Let me finish.
1: (laughs) Oh, no. Okay.
0: The album for this movie debuted at number eight on the Billboard 200, with 34,000 units in its first week, which is just traditional album sales. And it later peaked at number four, reaching 87,000 units. Sure. It was the... Eighth highest selling album of 2017. That to me is still insane. Certified gold, and was the best selling album on cassette in 2017. Time out. Yeah. They still do they still make cassettes or it was like probably a special edition because because it's you know in the movie <laughs> what it's a on a weird Walk-Man. hipster
1: thing to do like you, I understand special edition vinyl and stuff like that
0: yeah like oh this is our
1: special edition eight track. Here we well,
0: go. But, but Peter listens to the awesome mix on a Walkman, so it makes sense. But yeah, they sold 19,000 copies of the cassette, which was enough for it to be the number one selling cassette of 2017.
1: Well, I, I can't go against the two then, And I?
0: then the, the compilation soundtrack also was nominated for a Grammy.
1: I'll go two. Okay. You, it's begrudgingly I'm going two. Yeah, to.
0: yeah. Edgar Wright, director of Baby Driver, consulted with Gunn before volume two released to make sure the two films didn't feature any of the same songs in the soundtrack. And that's just a that's a personal wink ding. We'll get there. We'll get there, January. <clears throat> <laughs> Fine. Two. Two. And I don't want to hear any begrudging about it. It deserves it. The way they use the chain in this movie twice is so good. Very good. So good. One-liners. It's an easy one. It's an easy one based on Mary Poppins. You
1: must be so embarrassed!
0: And Trash Panda. And you must be so embarrassed. It's so much worse. <laughs> yeah. I am
1: Groot still holds
0: I am a Groot. ton of weight. A massive amount of weight. One, it is. And finally, oh boy, impact on the genre. It is a TBD. It's a TBD. I think. But at the same time, it's not. It's. I think this one
1: is going to be one of those that we're going to have to revisit one day. Yeah. I'm definitely going to put a one out there. Mm-hmm. And I think it needs to stay at a one yeah. until we see what becomes of the Celestials and Rocket story. Yeah. I'm very curious to see where
0: this thing goes, but this is not. But it,
1: a, this is not the end. The fact not even that close to the end,
0: without even touching that stuff, it's still a one. It's that impressive. says something about this movie. Yes, this is a biggie. Oh, it is a biggie. Guardians of the Galaxy Volume Two comes in at a ten point two five. Oh damn! Yeah, that is a biggie. That is a way the hell up there. That puts it in. a, uh, I want to say That's top. it's got to be two five. That's it's gotta not be two. two. It's not two because Men in Black is an eleven. Black Panther's are 12 <laughs> right. and a half. Uh, right. Avengers is, is an 11. 11. So I think that puts it in fifth. That seems very, very Four. high. Numbers. I don't know, man. Yeah. yeah it's, you know what? Fine. It does feel high. And uh, the original Guardians of the Galaxy got a 9.5. They're, so. they're very good movies. Same score for music. Jimmy Finger Guns, he knows how to direct and write movies. Simple he, as that. I mean, he crushes it. I feel like after watching Super, <laughs> I feel like if you give any director 200 million dollars i feel like they're Super gonna make something way better was james gunn saying my relationship
1: with jenna fisher is falling apart i'm gonna put her friend in a superhero movie that i just wrote
0: <laughs> i'm gonna punish dwight schrute because of what pam beasley did to my heart oh dear <laughs> uh so brian what do we talk about next week next week um i think we're going old school 90s little nostalgia little macaulay Culkin. Okay, Home Alone. Home Alone Part 2. Nope, definitely not that. We're going to talk about Richie Rich. (laughs) Comic books, Dave.
1: (laughs) It is a comic book movie, believe it or not. You ever seen it? I have. All right. A long, long time ago. Me too. I can't wait to discuss it. I totally can. (laughs) That's not what I'm excited for. I can wait.
0: (laughs) Uh, All right. Easy enough. Hey, Dave, I got one last thing. Yeah? Uh, How much do you hate Taserface? uh, Quite a bit. Do you want to hate him more? Why? In the comics, Taserface is a warrior from the cybernetically enhanced race known as the Stark. The Stark are an alien race that found Iron Man technology that had accidentally crashed on their planet, and as a result, they worship Tony Stark as their god. Well, this is my nightmare. Yeah. All right. I thought you'd like that. Fine. Or hate it, yeah, really.
1: Well, I'm really, I, would, I was expecting you to say, like, and Tony Stark was also a mutant. <laughs> <laughs> nope. Tony Stark was just a god to taserface. face. That's silly, and that is Bender Futurama. And that's why James Gunn was like, silliness. this is a
0: stupid character. Yep. All so. right. That checks out, then. I just had to throw that that in there. And until next week, be sure to like, subscribe, review. Do the stuff. Do the stuff. Do the stuff. We know you want to. Like and follow us on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and Twitch, at Kate Podcasters. We're on Patreon doing the Not So Super movies. We got the Karate Kid coming out later this month. We do. It's going to be exciting. Oh, yeah. Get you, get you ready to watch some more Cobra Kai so good the uh, next season's coming out in january exactly it's very exciting. trying to pump you up for season three i don't need to
1: be pumped up anymore oh. i
0: am still torn. i'm gonna try anyway <laughs> we're also throwing out new pull list episodes new batman animation new brackets new Blurt and yeah, turn there's a lot of everything coming to patreon yeah. we uh we got all sorts of stuff coming out it's over there it's wild check it out we've got guests on all sorts of episodes coming out, we just had the Experience Grind Boys on last month for Duck Soup, and then we've got Micah on a Alert and Turney. We've been busy. We're been, we've been doing stuff. <laughs> Very busy. Been doing stuff for you. I learned it from you, Dad. It just felt not appropriate for this dad. movie.
1: Not if there's a fire.
0: Yeah. That's one of our I may not be Alert and Turny episodes. <laughs> but I'm your daddy. Fair enough. Any questions or comments, stories, whatever, you can send them to katepodcasters at gmail.com or send them to us on Facebook. We're pretty responsive over there. So, sure are. You know, do the stuff, do the things. We love hearing from you. Don't forget to go to the
1: superstore.
0: Yeah, the super stuff, super stuff store,
1: store where we sell the super stuff. That's right, and ten percent is going to the Extra Life Foundation, which benefits the Children's
0: Miracle Network. Yes, in fact, as you're listening to this, we're getting ready for the 24 hour stream that's that's coming up this weekend. Right. So stay tuned for that. Check out um, Twitch.tv/slash ExperienceGrind. On the thirteenth starting at 8 p.m. And we're gonna be raising some more money and doing all sorts of wacky shit on on the <laughs> on the Twitch.
1: Right. There's gonna That's... be a lot of familiar voices and you can put faces to them, as yeah. unfortunate as that is sometimes. But yeah, you could see you go. Sean's That's, awful mustache it's and so bad. pay money to have him remove it if you want. You can do that. You can also have, uh, pay money in donations to have Kyle eat dog treats. Yeah. From Experience Guy. You can do it's that. They're all things that can happen. Live on right. Twitch, and you can also go to the SuperStuff store and buy our stuff. And ten percent is going to go to the Extra Life Foundation. So it, there's a lot of ways to donate to a good cause.
0: Yes, that that should not be glossed over. It is all going to a good cause. It's going to a very, <laughs> very good cause. So I guess we're gonna
1: see you next week for Richie Rich, and I want to leave you with these these wise words. Oh. from David Hasselhoff at the end of this movie. <laughs> Yeah, he's in this movie. Yeah. He says, "In these uncertain times, always remember, we are Groot."
0: So, Dave, that is Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 2. What do you think happens after the credits? What I think happens after
1: the credits is kind of what happens after the proper credits about how you see the Watchers and you yeah. see Stan Lee sitting there. Of course. And Stan Lee, this is how he chased the Watchers off. Instead of just talking about his story, he started asking a bunch of crazy questions like, What if? <laughs> <laughs> okay. And let me give you an idea of some of the things Stan Lee had asked. He asked, uh, so, Watchers, what if Iron Man was trapped in the time of King Arthur? What if? What would happen then? Yeah. I c- yeah. What would happen? Uh, what would happen if Wolverine, who we haven't met in this universe at all, but just assume there's a character named Wolverine. Who sure. Real good. What, he was the Lord of Vampires. <laughs> oh, man. What would happen there? What if Spider-Man's parents destroyed his family? Oh, man. Oh, that would be awful. That would be horrible. <laughs> that would be so bad. <laughs> What if Thanos joined the Avengers? That would be a sight to see. Man, that'd be incredible. (laughs) What if? What if Namor grew up on land with his human father? (laughs) That would be wild. Oh, my goodness. It'd be a
0: completely different Namor, I bet. Uh, What if Venom had possessed the Punisher? You'd have... We are Punisher Venom. Oh, gosh, wouldn't that be... What if the
1: Fantastic Four were cosmonauts, not that Mark Miller Millar... Took the red sun from anywhere. That's not important right now. The no. Watchers. What, were in what
0: space. if? What if they were Russian? The fa- the fantastic Russian word for four.
1: Right, and then finally, I think the most important question Stanley would ask the Watchers of, hey, what if the world knew Daredevil is blind? Then what? <laughs> oh man! What if they knew what type of books he was reading in the the Braille porn or whatever <laughs> the tomes that he's reading? Patent of, pending. Patent pending. Don't sue. <laughs>